Episode 19. Mother is the name for God on the lips and hearts of all children. Do you understand? You all appreciate it. Don't you know we love this week? And dear mama, there ain't no one on my list. Don't you know we love it? Pour out some liquor and I reminisce. Cause through the drama, I can always depend on my mama. And when it seems that I'm hopeless, you say the words that can get me back in focus. When I was sick as a little kid, to keep me happy, there's no limit to the things you Good evening, Don't Run Me fans. I'm Asus. The man on the other side of the mic is EC. What's going on, man? How you doing, Asus? Been a long time, long time no see, man. EC, I know, man. It seems like you've been avoiding me. Am I? Am I? Uh, am I, am I you're avoiding me like the Black Plague, or what? <laughs> no, you know how life goes. It gets a little hectic with the kids and all that stuff. So, nope. Just uh, happy to be back on the pod. Good to see you again. Great seeing you as always, and. Uh, Looking forward to having some good conversations and a good time as always. I know you see it's uh, a lot's coming on and hey, I don't know if uh, it's probably the biggest best kept secret out there. We got football returning. You see, Premier League football is returning next Friday. Manchester United and Tottenham. I mean, I, I don't know. Excited? I, you know, I'm 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 patiently. How, I said patiently excited, even the phrase. I'm uh, up. You can, you can coin it. Oh, yeah, I can coin it right. I'm gonna. I'm patiently excited because I don't want the rug to get a, you know pulled out from under me. You know, with everything's going on, the German league looks like it's going pretty good. Uh, there's the teams have been playing for the past three weeks. You know, uh, seems like everything's going off without a hitch, somewhat. So I mean, I just. Hey, I don't know. I just, I just don't want to get disappointed. Let's put it that way. I, I think it's going to be great. Um, I don't think there's going to be any issue. I think for us as fans, I think we just have to hope that you know training continues to go well and that they can get some practices in. And um, you know, I think it's 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 great for us to to have the biggest games right off the bat. I mean, uh, we got Tottenham. Spurs. Stoke, right at right back to back, and no, so Spurs, uh, Sheffield United, Spurs and Sheffield, yeah, and so those two teams right there are um, still gunning for positions. Um, obviously, first place is a wrap, but um, when you look at Champions League as a whole, you lose those first two games, and Chelsea does well, it's not going to look so good for us. So I'm super excited. I can't wait. I watched the German league. I actually found um, some Dutch football. I'm going to watch that probably tonight or tomorrow uh, just to see how kind of their flow is and, and what they do. But, um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. So uh, I can't wait. Uh, it, I'm, I'm super – I mean, I'm, I'm just excited for the Ali press conference right before the game just mm-hmm. to see – like he might hint to lineups. He might hint to who's going to be in. Can you imagine – He's sitting next to Paul Pogba, your favorite person in the press conference. That will dispel all questions of will he start or will he not, and we can talk about that later on. But yeah, um, let's talk about that later because that's just that's a whole other that's a whole that's that's a whole segment that you know we need to get into. Yeah. 
But you see, uh, let me do some housekeeping here. I just want to uh, bring everybody into uh, everybody, all the Doe Renemy fans out there into uh, into our lives, right? Um, not oh, oh, hey, my life, whatever. Um, I just want to put you know the Doe Renemy fans. Um, don't believe everything you read on YouTube or you see on YouTube, okay? During these past two weeks, I have, uh, you know, tried to be a... During the COVID, I've tried to, you know, do things myself, you see, you know? Uh, you know, fix the house, you know, fix the plumbing. And it's cost me money, you see. It has cost me money. I know you could see me. You could see me right now, you see. You could see me on, online. And uh, please tell our, our fan base... Uh, What's wrong with my hair? First of all, when I saw him, I thought, hey, look sharp. You know, you got, you got a fresh cut, looking good on a Tuesday. I was like, okay, I see you. And uh, he's like, he's telling me, he's like, oh, yeah, I went and got, got a cut. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, you, you got to gotta keep it trim. You know, I, I feel like this. When you look good, you play good, you, feel you good. look good, you work hard. Like, it's a part of your mental being. Like, you got to stay fresh i really feel like that and i was like man my man looks good so i don't see you if there's something going on i don't see it or you're hiding it extremely well you could see me and you see it's plain as day my big my big head has now a fresh a fresh <laughs> you know a fresh buzz cut uh, ladies and gentlemen as my wife said when did i join the military kind of a haircut <laughs> i like it <laughs> so um you know, like I said, don't believe everything you read on YouTube. You're not. Um, I wasn't a plumber uh, two weeks ago. Three, or was it was two or three weeks ago. Um, we had a water leak. You know what? Uh, the first one, you YouTubed it, fixed it just fine. This one, you know, luckily it wasn't as much as I thought it would be. Uh, but we had a what, uh, we had a water leak, and my dad came over, and you know, he's telling me what to do. My dad obviously can't move his. And I, uh, my dad is my savior, right? He, he, I mean, he's a Mister Fix It, whatever. But right now, he can't move as 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 quickly as he can. So he's telling me what to do, and you know, I'm just a big clumsy man, and I end up making the situation a lot worse. You see, I should have just called the plumber. I mean, now my water bill is probably. I my wife asked me for my credit card right now. Uh, I don't even want to know how much we're gonna pay in water because. The water, you know, we had a, uh, we had a city water leak in our, you know, in our alley. Uh, luckily, the plumbers came right away and they were able to shut it off. And, you know, by 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 noon, we had water in our house. Uh, but again, guys, don't believe everything you read, or see on the internet. When it comes to my hair, you see, you know, internet tells me I, I can cut my own hair. COVID happens, cut my own hair, fine, you know, you're fine and dandy. And, you know, and it worked out for the first two times I did it, you see. It worked out. I mean, I, you know, thinned out my hair and, you know, oh, man, it looks pretty good. I could do it again. And it was being hotter and hotter. I found myself, you know, wanting to cut my hair shorter and shorter. So um, I went from a five, you know, blade at top, you know, just thinning it out to a four. Oh, not much difference, you would think. So I'd start low in the front and then, you know, kind of go back thinning out my hair so i'm like oh man you know and i'm doing this outside and my mirror is the car window you see <laughs> that's your first 
Oh, man. Come my, on. My window's a car window, you see. So I'm like, oh, shit, looks pretty good, okay? I mean, it feels good. It feels a lot lighter than it was, okay? So I wrap up everything, you know, clean everything off, sweep sweep the outside, and um, go back inside. So I'm getting ready for shower, and I look in the mirror, and I'm like, huh, I don't have bangs. <laughs> the front of my head, the front of my head was buzzed, like, like you see it now, you see, like short military and then you go back maybe a quarter inch and then i had long hair a long hair on the top long hair on the side not long hair but you know just for a man you know just that top hair you know top hair long and then kind of you know trimmed up on the side <sighs> had to buzz it off you see this didn't look good i mean so <laughs> my wife's like well looks like you're gonna do it because i've been told her i'm like i'm gonna shave my head it's just too hot Right now, I mean, heat index here in South Texas is, what, 110 right now? It's, like, in the 90s. It's only going to get worse. I mean, you go outside, you start sweating. So I was like, you know, I'm going to shave my head. Well, I, I uh, subconsciously, I guess, you know, I was really going to, you know, that's really what happened. Uh, so now that this is what I have. She finished it up, and uh, you know what? Uh, it's growing on me. Um, I don't use as much shampoo as I, you know, used to in the past. Um <laughs> And it's a lot cooler, you see. But I just—I look like a, a pear. My head looks like a pear, and it's funny because I have a big head. So now it's like small on the top, and I have big old cheeks. You no, know? so it just—it's ah, just—you ah. know what? I, I have a loving family. My wife still loves me. So who, you know, what, what? What does that matter? You see, right? Well, I think it looks good. You guys can't see it yet, but I think it looks good. So you'll be fine. So long story short, don't believe anything on YouTube that you could do. Call a professional, ladies and gentlemen. Call a professional, whether it be a plumber or a hairstylist. All right? That's the, I'm going to have my soapbox right there. No, you're good. Well, you see, uh, since we've been gone, there's been a, a, lot, a lot of things going on. A lot of things going on in the world. And I think maybe, um, maybe it's some maybe us not having a podcast for the you know what a week and a half almost two weeks um it's given myself and i'm pretty sure yourself time to reflect on um on the reality and the reality is two weeks ago monday uh, a man uh a man in in in, in minneapolis minnesota uh was slain uh by law enforcement uh, the gentleman from Texas, uh, his name is George Floyd, um, like I said, was slain. I, there's no other words to describe it. I think other people describe it as a public lynching. Uh, I've never been around to, to see something like that, so I, I can't describe. I mean, that's words I've, those words I've, I can't use, but, um, but in, in, in terms of, again, if, I don't need. I don't think I need to explain that Mr. Floyd was a was an African American um, uh, man, uh, and obviously um, the police, the the police, the, the policeman, or coward, which I should say, the coward uh, was a, a Caucasian, uh, a, a white cop or policeman uh, in, in Minnesota, um, and I think it had. What, what has happened is reverberated around the world, you see. 
and it, it we need i mean on our on this pod we talk about uh, we talk about we've we talked in the past about race uh racism especially among, amongst our, the players that we that we love uh but i think it at this platform we we have i think it we need to have an open discussion about of what's going on um and i don't know you see uh, how can we fix it or better yet just listen you know listen to one another because you know sometimes you know the best therapy is i mean when somebody passes away is not to say you're sorry and how could you fix it but just be there and be there for 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 an individual for for people and listen to what we have to say and not give our own opinions because i think these past two weeks too many people are not listening and giving their opinions about what's going on and i think that's making situations in this country a lot worse than they should be where we should where where we should as, as a country be healing and uniting them against uh, not against uh, with one another we as a country um seems like we're divided we're it's dividing again and this is i mean this has been going on since since trayvon martin in what 2011 you see you i mean you probably know the dates better than i do um, uh, Trayvon Martin, and then there's uh, Michael Bra- uh, Michael Brown. Is it EC? Yep, yep. Um, and then Fernando Castile. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on. Uh, and that's just recently. And the, the reason it's just more 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 recent and more prevalent is because obviously with the invention of video camera, you know, audio, you know, the cell phones, right? They're recording this. They're they're um, recording you know these these slayings of of of, of law enforcement on on a, on, a, on a minority culture especially the african-american community whereas before it would just probably have been swept under the rug nobody would know about it other than the family and the community they live in now that it's become national news but it seems like in the case of mr george floyd it happened in such a horrific way that i think it's unfortunately it's woken a lot of people up it's opened their eyes maybe it might be too late uh it'd be in the sense that it could have saved george lord george floyd's life or brianna taylor's life or you know um amon arbery you know i mean i know those were those were law enforcement people in georgia but it could have addressed the situation when we call what we call systemic racism all over the world and it's not just this country it's all over the world and I mean, I'm gonna throw it back to you. And I mean, how how do okay, how do we have an open discussion about systemic racism or or racism in general, pretty much, um, to people, to us? You know, how do we teach? Because obviously, you as an African American um, man, I'm you know a Hispanic man. I have not, I couldn't walk in your shoes because I live in a you know predominantly Hispanic community. You know, I've, I mean, the only time I felt racism is when I've left my community and I've went to Texas A&M, you know, that's where I went to school. Uh, I think we're 12% of the, you know, 12% of the population. That's the first time I actually felt real racism. And then here recently, unfortunately with the rhetoric that, uh, that our president and, 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 and his party, um, have, have deemed towards Mexicans 
Mexican American or Mexican people, and then obviously the Mexican Americans get lumped into it. And we should, you know what? I mean, we should fight for. I mean, I'm gonna. I mean, I, I become more of an activist towards, you know, towards, you know, towards Hispanics and Latinos, since since this all happened. And whereas, uh, you know, I was divided, uh, but here recently, within you know, in, within this past year, um, in certain parts of Texas. I have, you know, I've received, you know, you know, comments, you know, nothing, nothing violent, but comments, you know, towards, you know, towards my, um, my ethnicity. Uh, but obviously it's not, it's nothing compared to within my history. Uh, nothing, it, it can't compare to, I mean, obviously maybe it can't compare to what you probably you dealt with or men like you, women like you, um, or children, you know, that, that have been brought up. Um, as African Americans, I mean, and it's a conversation we need to have, and I I don't know I don't where do we begin? You see? Yeah. So uh, you know, on, on behalf of the podcast, uh, don't run to me podcast. You know, we we send our condolences to the family of George Flynn and and anyone doesn't matter. You know, you know who you are, and I think everyone. I think that's kind of the difference. Everyone's kind of come together, and so. Our condolences to that family. May may he rest in peace. I think he was laid to rest uh, today, with right beside his mom, um, which is a, a beautiful thing. Um, uh, that he's you know he's now you know with her again. Um, there's been pictures floating around of him kind of sitting with her and her holding him. So to, to have him uh, to have him back, obviously too soon. Uh, but but he is with her, and, and they're they're now resting in peace together. So that that's great. Um, I think um, this is the way that that um, you start to, in my opinion, heal. And I think um, you know there is a book uh, called The Tipping Point um, by Malcolm uh, Gladwell, Gladwell, and uh, he basically talks about in the book uh, how you know over time as things become um, popular or things become viewed by a lot of people and a lot of people start to like them eventually um there becomes a tipping point to where um everyone starts to look at these uh, these things and either they start to buy these things or they start to do the same things and i think if you look at the statistics since 2015 you've had uh 5,000 african americans killed by police officers you know that's a that's a lot of people mm-hmm. um i think the difference now is that you hit it right on the head um, you're able to now see it, right? You're able to look at it and you're able to listen to these people right before they pass. And so then you become kind of a juror because I think essentially what happens is something goes down, someone gets shot, they, they, they die, um, and then the police have a story. And so now we're able to essentially look at what their defense is and then you can look at what we saw, and we can all kind of make our uh, our own judgment on it. Um, in fact, I think the lawyer today for the the officer who uh, killed uh, George Flynn actually said that it's the public's fault uh, that he passed away because they didn't jump in to stop his his death. So when you hear stuff like that, you're able to process it and then go back and say, okay, yeah, again, we know it's wrong. The defense is obviously wrong, and so I think in in this case, I think justice will be served. I think, I think on a larger level, um, I think it's it's difficult for, especially America, 
um, just to have the conversation because it's uncomfortable to talk about the negative things that the country has done. Um, we've all, and, and this is you know just my opinion, we've all benefited um, from living in this country, and I love the United States, um, but at the same time, I also can recognize um, the, the bad things, let's just call it what it is, the horrific things that, that this, uh, this government or this country has done. And I think it's hard for a lot of people to, to, to say that and to bring that up because you're basically saying, well, you're just bashing the country. Um, I don't think you're bashing the country. I think you're giving people an opportunity to kind of see exactly who we were and who we want to become. Um, I think when you hide things, it allows people who have um, racist thoughts and racist opinions to continue to thrive. And, you know, when we have a leader like we have, um, those people get empowered and they feel like they can say things and do things um, that their ancestors did. And so this for me, unfortunately, someone had to die for it to happen. But this for me um, feels completely different. And I know we talked about it before, but I went to a a protest um, in Oklahoma City, which is a red state. Uh, middle of the Bible Belt, um, completely. I mean, it's Republican as you can get. Um, but every, I mean, every shade of color was out there. Every sexual orientation was out there. Um, you name it, they were there, all, all together, all chanting the same things. Um, not one fight broke out. Not one, you know. There was nothing that wasn't peaceful about this protest that I went to, and there was there was thousands of people there, thousands of people there. So I just think that America as a whole, and I think it's starting to happen where you're actually seeing white folks look at their history, which is our our American history, and say, you know, obviously everyone, you know, you had a line, right? You have a, a, a starting line. And everyone started on that line. Unfortunately, there were um, certain individuals, natives, uh, blacks, that they weren't allowed to actually go. Um, I think one person likened it to playing Monopoly, going around the board and, and not being able to actually buy any property or own anything for 400 years. Um, and they go on again to say, you know, another 50 years, you were given your freedoms, but then it was just taken away or burned to the ground in some states like Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, um, because they weren't ready for African Americans to to progress. So I think, like I said, I think the main thing is not to, not to, uh, you know, you can take away the statues. I think that's all fine, but I think more importantly, what you have to do is you have to educate fully. You know, m- most of the time you're going to get a pretty uh, cheerful past on those that were in the confederate army and you know they were storied heroes and you're not going to get the other side of what they were really fighting for because it again it makes people uncomfortable and so i think the, the main thing to do is for people to start having those uncomfortable conversations um but starting the conversation out by saying look i'm not here to judge you i'm just here to tell you that the racism that you have, the 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 the, the people that are being um, killed, the people that are being um, 
uh, criticized, the people that are being not treated fairly. The reason that's happening is because it's it was built into our DNA. And so I think that once we start to have the conversation and get to the why, then you'll start to see some healing. And I think that's what's happening. I think when you see people in England who are tearing down their statues or defacing the statues of their their leaders, and these are people who did great things for their country, but people are starting to see that, man, they had a whole other side that wasn't taught to me or that I was just ignoring. And because of that nasty, disgusting side, we as a country followed suit. And so that's why these things are accepted. And so, again, I don't, you know, people are tearing down statues and they're, and they're uh, you know, t- tearing down monuments. I don't have a problem with it because, like I said, you can't, for me as a country, grow if you're telling someone, hey, why don't you just get over slavery? Like it was so long ago. But every single day you keep reminding me of it because you've got the statue of the general who fought in the war to keep slavery alive. It's it doesn't work out. You know, I think DL put it best. It's it's almost like saying, you know, if you're in an abusive relationship and you're beating your wife and you don't do it anymore, but every day you show her pictures of her getting beat and you show her the police report, it's, it's the same thing. She's not gonna forget about it. She's never gonna forget about it because you keep putting it in her face every day that you did it. It's the, it's the same thing. So that, you know, all of the monuments and all that stuff, I don't have a problem with it being gone. I just think that it's time for America to face itself and to start with Native Americans and then go from there. Um, that that's the that's at its at its essence, we are supposed to be a melting pot. Like that's what it's that's what we were sold on, right? For me, that's what you're actually seeing today. And I, I think it's beautiful. Um, again, I hate I hate the fact that it came in someone's life. I'd hate to lose a brother or an uncle um, or a dad, and that's what has happened. But um, a lot of times, you know, when something horrible happens, great things come out of it. And I think you're already starting to see not just people come together, but actual change and reform and actual policy. Um, those things are happening uh, because of his death. I mean, I totally agree with everything you just said, um, especially. The fact that you what you, what you brought up about uh, people's mentality, especially you know white people's mentality, people in power especially, uh, they say, oh that you know segregation. Well, it was forty years ago, fifty years ago, uh, in the sixties. Um, Jim Crow, early nineteen hundreds. Uh, Indian. Uh, was it um, after the slavery? It was not indentured servitude. It was uh, what do you call it? Basically, there were slaves on, on on the property of their land. Their slave owners, you know, after they got um, slavery was um, abolished, um, and then there was slavery before then. What since nineteen sixty nineteen? Uh, people don't want to address those situations, you know address what you know what people have gone through and we talk about systemic racism look at i mean nowadays look at the inner cities of most of most cities uh predominantly now i guess now is different because you talk about gentrification and uh the hip places to be and now they're moving minorities out of out of out of housing that they've lived in for you know the past 50 60 70 years um but you know what do they do? 
you know, larger cities like New York, uh, Chicago, uh, L.A., San Antonio, hell, San Antonio, Houston, um, hell, I mean, usually the Ninth Ward in Houston, all the wards in in, in in the middle of Houston, they're they're you know predominantly you know predominantly African American, uh, and, but look at I mean we have to tell ourselves look at those areas, are they less funded, governmentally? I mean by the government or state, local, or federal government, we have to look at their education system. Are they? Are they, do they get the same education as someone in, in, in? And this is this is weird. You look at the third ward in Houston, which is south east of downtown. You look at Bel Air. Bel Air is its own city in in this inner city of Houston, not in, in, within the Houston city limits. It's its own city. But Bel Air is very affluent, an affluent community in the middle of Houston. Which is probably separated by less than five miles. Look at the difference in in in, in, in education in 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 those two in those two separate areas. What are we doing? Are we doing the best for our people? Are we doing the best to segregate our people by by money? You know, and it, it's all about that. Are we giving this? I mean, are we affording? Are we affording them the same uh, the, the same the same chances? As, as one school district to another you look at the in San Antonio uh, obviously I guess you all, you all know I live in Texas uh, you look at San Antonio you look at San Antonio ISD compared to Northside ISD Northeast Northeast ISD you look at the funding within those communities you know you see the difference you see what's available to those people you know the people that live in the communities whether it be largely Hispanic or largely African American but as socioeconomics, socioeconomically, they're less than the people that live in the outskirts. Now, like I said, now I, I said gentrification. Now they're buying, you know, these properties in the middle of San Antonio. Uh, they're paying a lot of money for it. And what are they doing? They're kicking these people out, you know, ha- telling them to find, you know, new homes. Because the property real estate value of those, those areas are high now because you know people want to live there it's a posh thing to do just like living in the suburbs was a posh thing to do back in the you know the 50s 60s 70s leaving the inner cities to be what the inner cities are so it's a system that you know i've seen it i've not personally lived it um like i've said I, i mean i've been pretty fortunate um you know where i've grown grown up but it's something that like you said i've I've seen, you know, but I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie to myself. I'm not going to lie to my family that I, you know, at a point in my life have been prejudiced. You know, I think I'm not, I, and I'm going to say this on air and it probably offends some people, but, you know, I thought it was funny to say, no, man, you know, I'm not prejudiced. I hate everyone equally, you know, even my own, you know, even my own, uh, even my own people, right? You know, because of because of how I grew up, right? As a, I'm not saying as an affluent, but I mean my my as an only child, the upper middle class. My parents worked hard. They gave me a lot of things. I didn't know any better, you know, growing up. And obviously, um, you know, hearing my father, uh, my father, and you know his grandfather, you know, you know, 
also say things that you know were you know were racist or prejudiced you know it's you know never know anything better you know especially i mean especially towards white people because obviously in this community um you know the white people were actually the minority right but yet they still have power um so i didn't know any better so you know saying stupid shit like that when i was younger uh you know that's something i have to live with and i think it's going to school you know going to more diverse university as texas a&m is diverse as in i didn't have a lot of you know there i mean in my community when i was growing up i think we had what less than 10 african-americans that go went to high school you know ec and that i mean you get you i mean it's probably less than 10 african-american families um that um that live in our that live that lived in within uh, alice in my hometown so it wasn't you know i never had that you know relationship um and even in in in, in high school yes i had african-american friends i'm one of william you know william was uh, a friend of mine but i mean saying that and then being you know his friend you know i said saying saying some things like at home or saying things um that aren't you know aren't politically correct i mean was i really i look back at it was there really your friend was his was his friend i mean hell me and you and i had a run not a run-in but and i'm very and i look back on it and i'm very i told i said my wife you know earlier when we were talking about um the subject for this pod and the one of the first time we actually met each other in person am i correct it's probably the first time we met each other in person um well we, we were on a we had a training. it was either a conference or a it was a training in san antonio yeah it was, it was san antonio yeah that was the you it was you, me you and osa i think osa, riding around yeah, riding around and you know and it was and it wasn't the i used the n-word and it wasn't the er word obviously but it was the one ending in a um but it was in the vernacular because I felt comfortable, you know, it's like sometimes when you feel comfortable with people, you know, you hear, you know, hear rap and, you know, hear things and I, you know, people think that they can use that type of terminology, you know, when it's, it's not appropriate, even it's not appropriate for, you know, like for, you know, for, you know, other people to say things about Hispanics, right? Or Mexicans. And I was so horrified and embarrassed that I actually said it in front of you. And also, and you being so understanding yet compassionate towards me, whereas it should have been the other way around. And I look back on it, and then since that day I've looked back on it, and it says, why did I feel so comfortable saying that, right? I mean, why? What in my life? I have to look past. What in my past? I had to look back and reflect and why did I feel even comfortable even, you know, even though we're friends, to even do that? But yet, you were the compassionate person on, on you know, on your end. You could have easily said, you know, gotten mad and pissed and, you know, said, you know, F me or, you know, whatnot. I mean, you could have easily done that. But you, you and also diffuse the situation, whereas it should have been the other way around, you know? And I've always looked. I've always looked back on that situation, um, 
in a in a tale of compassion, it's like wow. I mean, I was so ignorant to actually feel feel good enough or feel in the right state of mind to actually have that conversation with Yunosa when it wasn't even my turn, you know, my my place to do so, and I was mortified when I said it. But it's kind of like. How many times have I said it before just driving in a car to singing a rap song or or even just, you know, just doing, you know, saying, saying, you know, you know, saying it in the terms of what I was saying it at the time. I mean, it's just I mean, we have to we have to reflect. I mean, even minorities have to reflect amongst each other is I mean, where 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 are we getting it? Right. When it was terms of. Yeah, I could tell you. I, I, I love. I mean, I, I agree with you, and I, I want to. I want you to have better. But yet, behind closed doors, I mean, even white people behind closed doors, I say one thing or act another way. Right? We have to actually change our change the way we. Um, the, the, we have to change our mentality, and we have to, and and that's something that I've always wanted to tell you, is I'm very thankful of your of your kindness and, and, and compassion to teach me that, you know, what I said was wrong. And, and, and I think that that's why I kind of, you know, I, I consider you one of, uh, one of my, a very good friend of mine, uh, you know, one of my best friends, right. Even though we don't see each other very often or, or whatnot, I, you taught me more in that, 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 that certain instance than, um, about compassion and, and race and basically racism um, that I, I mean I can I you know than any church service or any sermon or anything you know what I mean and I and that's something I always wanted to tell you well no I appreciate that appreciate you saying that and you know for if, if you're listening you know on my end he wasn't saying it to me like putting me down or anything like that. It's just I just want to put that out there. That's not in his heart. Um, you know, so I just I just want to I just want to make sure you guys understand that. But no, I don't I don't think anybody should say it. I don't I know it's been it's very prevalent in uh, everyone's community, be it negative or positive. I know um, the 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 code is that we took it from white people and made it, you know, something to where we um, we look at each other and say hey, you know, you're my I think ultimately the origin is negative, and I, I think that's where um, it should stay. But again, just just simple things like that, just being able to say, well, what does it mean, and why should I not say it, and why does it make me feel a certain way? I, those are the type of conversations that you know people have to have, and it's not it's not just black and Mexican; it's also you know white people understanding the why. And, you know, because the thing is, the, the reality of it is some of them do know the why. And so they understand that it's a way to anger someone. Like, it's like, the like I can't get at them. I can't get under their skin. I don't know what else to do. I really, and I want them to be mad. I want them to get upset. So I'm going to say that word. And so those are the folks that you really have to get to. Because I, I honestly feel like this, and I don't, people will probably criticize me, but I feel like racism is something that's taught. And so I think that um, if someone can come to the understanding of, look, what you were taught is wrong, right? You don't have to like everyone. You don't have to like everyone, right? But that the fact that you hate a 
a certain race, that's something that's taught. That's not something that's in your DNA. I don't care who your God is, but it's just not in your fabric. And so if someone can change themselves, like get education, educated and change themselves, I think that's a beautiful thing. I think that, you sh again, if you've done things and said things, say you're sorry. Like, come clean, but be real in who you are. Because there's been a lot of people here lately who have said some things in the media, who have done some things, gotten caught. I think Jake Fromm just got caught a couple days ago with an old text message. Um, and then he said he's sorry. Here's the thing. Look, uh, you know, you, you put him to the fire and you say, listen, this is wrong. You shouldn't be doing this. And they'll give you your statement. In reality, what, what, any, what anyone's looking for is... For that person in real life, like you were saying before, when there's no one around, see that changed person. When it's when they're around those friends, because if he, the things that Fromm said, they were they were clearly learned. That's something that his father or friends or something that this is the way we talk, and so he believes that. Otherwise, he wouldn't have sent out a text message. And so, if he can really change and meet people and go out and get into the community and see that, that you know the things that he's doing is wrong and he just, I think that's a beautiful thing I think that's what it's about because again I don't think I don't even have to think I know as a baby as a kid we're not born hating anyone it's someone that's older than us that says hey listen we don't mess with them because they're Mexican we don't mess with them because they're Asian we don't mess with them because they're Indian and that younger kid eventually is gonna go you know what he's right he's smart He's intelligent. He doesn't like Indian people. I ain't going to like Indian people either. Yeah. And so that's something that, you know, I think with all of the conversations that folks are having now, I think um, time, the time is now for, for things to change. It's going to be hard for certain people. And I think certain people, even intelligent people, they won't. Um, they won't. I was listening to a, a BBC uh, interview the other day, and they were talking about how um, since 90% of the population agrees with Winston Churchill, there's no reason why the statue should come down uh, or be defaced as it, as it, as it has been. Um, and so some people just won't change. Um, and that's sad, but um, I think, again, um, this younger, because the rally I went to, a lot of young people, a lot of, you know, my daughter's in six, she's in the uh, 11th grade. A lot of those kids, um, it's it's going to be their time. It's going to be their world. Um, and this is what they're doing. And so you have to be, um, you have to be happy and excited for, for where this country could be, could be headed into. Yeah. I had a, I'm going to say who I had the conversation with uh, regarding that. Um, how do you, how do you fix it? Right. It's the ultimate question when regards to, uh, cause a lot of people on, on, on the other side, I mean, even myself, right. Uh, are put off, you know, not by the protests, but obviously the looting, right? That's the whole thing. Uh, but I think they're, myself, and I think I heard it best, it's like, you're mad about the looting, uh, but you sympathize with the killing, it should be reversed, or something like that along those lines, right? Because those things can be replaced, a human life can, can't, I'm sorry. Uh, and you have, these, you have these people have that mentality, it's like, looting and protesters and rioters, are evil, uh, so they justify that. That's why they're they they they, they don't like they, they can't hear the cause. They can't hear why they're you can't you can't you don't they don't want to hear why people are angry and crying and tired. 
they said they didn't see the end result of the the small few. Well, this person I was having a conversation with, he's like, um, he asked, well, why? How can you fix it? You know, how do you fix it? And I and I thought long and hard, and, and obviously they the answer that I gave him wasn't wasn't proper, or wasn't right. But it's like, well, you see, I mean, in in, in reference to what you're talking about, your daughter, your your daughter, eleven year eleven, uh, probably seventeen, sixteen, seventeen. Years old, sixteen, yep, sixteen years old. Um, you see out in the streets who's protesting, like you said earlier, multiple, a multinational, multinational, multi-race uh, group of people. All young, majority are young people. Obviously, there you can mix in their, you know, people in their thirties, forties, fifties, but the majority of people out there are young. And how do you fix racism? Well, it's a generational thing, right? You know, my, like we said, people older than us, that's what, that's the way their parents taught them. You know, people in the 50s, 40s, 30s, 20s, you know, their parents taught them this. They taught their kids this, 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 and that. It's, in, you know, it's kind of sad. It's until, gener- you know, two or three generations that have been, uh, that have been passing on discrimination and racism, might, you know, that might clear it, right? But we want people to learn. We don't, I don't want that. I don't want a generated, generated you know, we we'll have to wait several generations for, um, for change because then you have these young kids that just don't care about ethnicity, gender, cult, um, you know, religion, who, what, what religion you are, you know. I don't want to wait to that. I want to change people's minds. And like you, say, like you said earlier, having an open dialogue. And, you know, America is not... America is not, you know, the greatest country in the world. You know, uh, we have we have our faults. We are the greatest country in the world because of the ethnicities, because of what we do compassionately for other people. But yet we do have our baggage, you know. And that's what no, we, we do. And and we have our baggage, and we have to understand a, um, like what's that term? People who live in glass houses can't throw stones. You know, we can't say we're the greatest. We're the most. Um, we're the most uh, diverse uh, culture, and and then we in, in our own in our own kitchen, you know, we're we're doing what we're doing, you know, and we're treating our people the way we're treating, and and we're not giving people the opportunities um, that they should that that every American under this flag ha- should have. I hate this thing about you know I had I, again I almost got in a, a fight. With one of my college buddies last night on, on text message, or was he two nights ago? And I said, I was like, I'm gonna say something, you know, I'm gonna cut this off because I'm gonna say something because he was like, well, you know, he just like what you said, just because you were born here, uh, it gives you, you know, you should have this certain right, and you should feel proud about that. Well, no, I mean, some people are are born in a certain socioeconomic, you know, situations uh, that. <laughs> you know it, that they've probably been dealt a bad hand and how do you I mean how, they've been like you said I think there was a great um, experiment uh, that the one college professor you know had they had a group of people like you said line up and he asked questions you know how, I mean how many of you have 
you know, both parents and, you know, both, both parents still in your life, take a step forward. And, you know, obviously, you know, the majority of people were, you know, white people. How many of you have, you know, blah, blah, blah. How many of you have blah? And asking these questions and they said, see where you are, see where you're at in life. This is how you're at in life. Now you try to finish the race and see if that's, if that makes it fair. Uh, and I think the, the prize was a hundred bucks, right? So obviously each question that he asked, uh, weeded out, you know, so, you know, certain people that, uh, people that weren't privileged enough, right? How many you have um, access to private tutors, went to pub, um, private school, things like that? How many, you know, how many? And it, it's just, it, it's one of those so, uh, so, social experiments that teach you that sometimes in life you're, you've been, you know, you've been put by the eight ball, you know, and it's not fair, you know, and it's not fair. If you want to get to a certain position or portion in life, I mean, you think that everything should be equal, right? Um, uh, you know, um, <laughs> All you know, all men are created equal. Well, no, no, all men are cre- not created equal. You know, we because certain. I mean, because of what society, of what we've done in our past, has enabled um, people of power to not put all men created equal. I mean, we're seeing it just today. I mean, we're seeing it just today within uh, within people uh, within uh, a lot of immigrants right now, right? Uh, they're not getting the same access to healthcare or whatnot, especially during COVID. Uh, but yet they're still asked to go to work. People on green cards, and I'm not—I'm not even talking about people that uh, are illegals, right? But people that are on a green card process, uh, um, you know, you know, Latin Americans, whoever's on who, immigrants, people that are on green cards that have to sustain a job are being told to go back to work and meat plant processing plants, you know, farming, this, this, and that, to sustain a job because that's part of their green cards, but yet they have no access to health care. They can't call them off work. If they do, they might get fired. And what do they do? They're sick. They go to work. And they, what do they do? Or they come in contact with people that are sick, and then yet they spread that to the people in their communities, which of people, you know, which are minority communities, whether it be, you know, the African-American community, the, you know, the uh, Latin American community or whatnot. You, you're just seeing, you're, you're seeing the problems still not being, not being, you know, addressed today. And then yet we're, you know, we're being asked, you know, what, what's the problem? You know, well, what's the deal? You here in America, right? Well, no, it's, it's not that, you know, it, it just makes me so mad when people try to justify it. And they don't see the underlying issue. I mean, you hit it on the head. It's 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 the underlying, and I think that's that's what this is doing. I think if people are starting to look at the actual real history, and it's starting to finally now settle in. Because I mean, look, listen, people that aren't of color, they might have known, they might have been aware of our actual history of what what central park really is and what happened in tulsa and you know they may be apt to or understand what really went down and they might have just been comfortable with life and thought to themselves well you know people of color have it a little bit better you know in the 60s they got a little bit better in the 70s and hell by the time it's the 80s they're just they're living it up so they need to just relax everything's fine and so i think once you get comfortable, like you're not going to say to yourself, I'm not going to mess up my situation or speak out and I might lose friends and, you know, my friends might think I'm, you know, being weird and I'm messing up the status quo. I think people are just over it. They're over the status quo. And it's not just black folks that are saying it. It's not, 
you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a stereotypical term for uh, black men who speak out. They're, they're called the angry black man. And uh, I say that tongue in cheek, but it's crazy because now there are a lot of angry white people angry Mexican people, angry Asian people, angry German people, I could go on and on and on, who are over it. And so that, again, it lets me know that there is complete hope for this. If this would have just been a protest in Minnesota and they they did a protest, they, you know, everyone went home after a couple days, I would have thought to myself, all right, well, I'm just waiting on the next video of someone else getting murdered. Um, but the fact that this is going around, the fact that there's actual reform inside of the police system in certain states now to where if you do certain things, you're automatically, it's a felony. Automatically, you're out, you're going to jail. So there's there's change with this one. This one's a little bit deeper. This one's not just another one that we, of the 5,000 I talked about before, this one is actually making change. If you look back even to 1992 when Rodney King was beat, after he got beat and people looted and rioted, there was actual reform in the justice system. Now, obviously, it wasn't as good as it is now and it's going to get, but that is what brought about change. And again, it sucks that in the 60s you had to see people being lynched in order for there to be change. It sucks that in the 90s, someone had to get beat for change. It sucks, here we are, 2020, and someone gets killed and there's there's change. But that sometimes is what happens when you start your country off doing things that you shouldn't be doing. And I think that's, it's hard for Americans because, again, we are the best, we are the brightest, we have the, the best of this and the best of that, we don't want to talk about the but. We don't want to talk about the we also did this. We also did that. We also, you know, did things that were that were not good. And so again, I think that's what's starting to happen. I think younger kids are starting to say, Hey, I just went to history class all year. We didn't talk about any of that stuff. <laughs> like none of that got discussed. So why didn't they teach us that? Um, I think they're starting to get educated starting to understand what's what really happened, what we were really founded upon. And yes, there were great men and women back then, but there were also some really horrible people. And that's not okay, but that's what we were. And that's what we know we do not want to continue to be. So I just think that, again, it's going to be hard for a lot of people. You, you probably see them on social media. They're, you know, they're going nuts. Um, you know, there's obviously people that don't want to change. They're going nuts. Um, and I think this election, not just the big one in November, but the elections that are happening within um, your local uh, states and counties, um, those are huge. Um, those are they're a lot bigger than you think. Uh, the census, you know, you talked about do do certain districts get certain money for their schools? Well, no, because the census have been messed up we've seen that it's been proven and so if you haven't filled out your census and you live in a in a community that's not being supported and doesn't have the same as maybe somebody on a different side of town um protest go get your census out there go door to door make sure people in your town are filling it out that's how you get that money that's how you get funded that's how 
you're able to get computers um, in your towns because you're you're filling those forms out so people know that you actually exist. Um, but like I said, I think I believe that change is coming. Um, I know that November is huge. I, I get that. Like we can't. I, I really feel like he's not going to take responsibility for any of this. Um, but if people just had an opportunity to go back into just in their social medias, go back pre. Um, this president, your social media wasn't the same. Like you, we have been plunged into this. Like, I do not like you if you don't support this. No, like, think, it's a it's a hate. I'll disagree. And with I you think he's plunged us into that. I disagree with you on that one because I mean, on this level, I think people have been there, but I just think on this level, it's it's a lot, it's a lot deeper um, than it was. I mean, it's. I, mean, I just I'm just talking social media. Uh, no, in social media, I, I mean, but you saw this during the whole, I would say, it started with, I mean, 2010. It started with, you know, you know, during President Barack Obama's term, it emboldened a lot of people to say a lot, a lot of bad things. You know what I mean? And you hear a lot of bad, bad things, especially in, in the industry you and I work in. That I mean, not negative or racist, you know, like per, you know, straight out racism, but you started to hear a lot of things back then, uh, especially regards to Barack Obama, President Barack Obama. I want to say that President Barack Obama, because people haven't, uh, people don't put respect on the man's name. Um, I love him, um, but um, I mean, you saw a lot of that starting to come out. And yet, and you're right, this president in 2016 emboldened, emboldened a very large portion of this, of, of this nation um, to speak out a lot louder. Yeah, I think that's how he's going to, again, try his best yeah. to win. I think it's going to be a divide and conquer situation. I think that's what you could tell today, <clears throat> even a, and this was an old white man who he was talking crap about today. It is a complete, if you're on my side, then we got this. He does not, there is no if ands, or buts about it. If you, if you think for one second that he feels differently or that he feels compassion or concern, um, you, I, you're either under a rock or you just don't want to see it. Um, he wants to divide. That is how he, that's like his political strategy. And as sad as it is, it worked a couple years ago. Uh, and so I just, you know, my prayer is that people actually come out and, you know, obviously Hillary won the popular vote. You know, in Electoral College, I just hope that they get it in their minds that we can't go through another four years of this crap. It is just, like I said, a lot of the, a lot of it has been good because you're able to actually see mm -hmm. some of these people who you thought were your friends. I've, I've got a lot of that where I'm like, man, I didn't know this guy felt that way. Like, we've been to soccer tournaments together, and this guy is a total douchebag. <laughs> I've gotten a lot of that. So that part I like because now I get to actually see who you are. But I just think that um, the divide, is it's, it's not what we're supposed to be. And I just, I cannot, like, this country needs compassion, especially right now. The, this moment of everything that's happening I can only imagine having someone that was in that was in his seat that had some kind of compassion that could literally make it happen like this is the moment where
the president comes on TV and says, hey, this and this has gone on. It's horrible. Like, these are the moments where presidents, like, they make or break themselves. And he comes out today when the guy's getting laid to rest and says that a man, a 75-year-old known peaceful protester, probably did this on purpose. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. So... <laughs> I just hope people come out. I hope they come out in droves. I know they did in Georgia to where the, the system actually broke down, which was sad. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think – I don't think. I know that this, this one's different. And, I, and we hope so. I hope so. I mean, it, unfortunately, it cost a man its life. His, I mean, his life. But, you know, yeah. I, if, if it can prevent another one from happening, then I think – um, Mr. Floyd would be honored for that. I know people don't want to make him out to be a martyr. There's been some sick things about that, but I mean, this gentleman, you know, what he's done, uh, you haven't seen this since, I have not seen this in my lifetime, you see? In my lifetime. I, no, I none friend, of us have ever, we've never I, seen other countries coming out like this. This is why I'm saying, this is not the, the same, this is pent up from everywhere mm -hmm. this is everyone's country is taking a look at itself and saying what are we doing and what have we done and so that's why i think this one is complete i don't know if i don't know if it's covid i don't know if it's you know trump and other leaders i don't know but this one has the vibe of all right we did the racist thing for like 600 years guys let's just Let's just call it over with. Like we're done. Like so, I, I think this one's just completely different. All right. Speaking about the old playbook of what we said of Trump um, and divide, Colin Kaepernick, EC, was a big, big, big talking point on in the the previous election, and then obviously throughout this term. But Colin Kaepernick was probably. No, I'm not saying foreshadowing. It's just he was bringing a, a light to a situation, to every you know he's bringing light to what was going on, and people didn't want to hear. And he got his career ruined. You know, obviously he got in terms of what they call blackballed. No, you know, no pun intended. Uh, uh, he was, you know, people don't want to touch him. I think we had a lot of NFL owners showing you their real colors, uh, especially not supporting. Peaceful protest, peaceful protest, uh, in terms of their players, because it was spun about kneeling as Colin or sitting first until Nate Boyer was like, you know what? I, I mean, I hear you. I hear about what you, you know, do. I mean, I, I understand your cause, but instead of sitting during the national anthem, could you kneel? Because kneeling is this term of reverence, right? We kneel at church. We kneel in front of God. But then everything just blew up about what is this man disrespecting the flag? And then it turned to disrespecting the anthem. Uh, and then it was disrespecting the troops. And then it was like, this man is, you know, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he got so much vitriol from the other side to where his, his, his words weren't being heard. His actions were, his actions were spoke louder than his words. And his people rather, and the other, the other side wanted to hear his actions see his actions more than hear his words in regards to in regards to uh, racial injustice and police brutality granted you could obviously say that he didn't help us cause by 
by wearing those, you know, the pig socks, right? And and then obviously his girlfriend coming on in Twitter and saying things, you know, that. But you know, it, it, that's neither here nor there, right? He was still bringing bringing to light, um, a, you know, a cause that nobody wanted to hear because, you know, in now nowadays it's like. You have to be patriotic. You have to be patriotic. And just like we had a topic earlier, I mean, we talked about it before. It's like, well, if you're patriotic, we we can't talk about the bad things. You don't know America, America, MAGA, 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 make America great. America's always great. America's always great. No, man, we have, you know, we have skeletons in our closet. We have to, we have to, we have to address those. You know, and, um, you know, this, this country is in the Constitution of the United States of America. The First Amendment of the Bill of Rights. The First Amendment, not the Second Amendment, the First Amendment gives everyone a right to peaceful protest. What? Freedom of religion, uh, freedom of the press, and still the first right, freedom of, freedom of protest. And that's what Colin Kaepernick did. And it's sad that now it's, you know... He was trying to tell us a, lot, a, long, a while back, and a lot of people didn't listen, right? Because the fact that they made it this talking point of disrespecting the flag and troops and you know what what you know whatsoever that it's just you know it it made it, it infuriated me when Roger Goodell two days ago was it no, three days ago went on and say the NFL was wrong. And I'm like, dude, you're only doing that because a day before, a group of NFL players, black NFL players, came on and said, you know, you know, they, I am George Floyd. They had a commercial and basically said that they're going to be protesting, right? No matter what. They unified. And why didn't they do it before? You know what I mean? It's just, and then Roger Goodell says oh, they're wrong about, you know, Colin Kaepernick and... You know, they're going to support the players. Well, he obviously had to say that because, you know what? If one player gets punished for protesting, they're going to have pretty much the whole league. I mean, the majority of their league sit out, and they ain't going to have games. And they ain't going to make money. And that's what makes me so – it's hip, the hypocrisy of Roger Goodell and the NFL owners when they come out now. Now they're going to support – now they're going to support their players, peace, the peaceful protests, and kneeling on the anthem. Like Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones can put out some bullshit statement. I mean, it's not—they're it, not looking at it for themselves. They're looking at it in their do, their pocketbook, because if if the—I mean, if you want to you want to break it down to them, if the subservient class does not work for them, they're not getting money, right? If you want to put it down to it, and you know what, these players have a lot more power. These players have more power than than, than their owners. At this time, then the NFL owners. I hate to say their owners because that sounds like where we talked about slavery. And I know there was some talk about you know the getting rid of the moniker of owners, but actually they do own the club. I, that that's just kind of ridiculous. But um, but you know it's just this. These players have the power now to say, you know what, if you're gonna punish some, you know, like Jerry Jones says, we're all gonna toe the line. You know, we're. If anybody kneels for the flag, you know, or kneels down during protest, he's not going to be playing for me. Well, you know what? Get Dak Prescott. Well, not Dak Prescott because obviously I don't think he's going to be playing for us. Uh, get Zeke Elliott to kneel, you know, kneel down. Or is Jerry Jones going to say Zeke's not going to be able to run the ball? You know what I mean? Not going to win games for him? No, he's not. And if you do punish Zeke, I bet you 
all the African-American players in that team are going to, you know, you know, say, you know what, Jerry, you better find some other players because we're sitting out. And what, what is that going to do? Hurt their pocketbook. So, I mean, it pissed me off about the hypocrisy of the whole thing. You know what I mean? All these companies out there. Why weren't you, why, why, you know, putting out statements and talking about we're going to look at our, look at our, you know, our structure of our organization and become more, um, you know, racially aware, uh, racial awareness and things like that. <coughs> you should have done this before. You're only doing it because people are going to probably boycott your product, right? Especially the ones that support, I mean, especially the companies that support, supported this president. Look at the craft. Look at uh, Jerry Jones. Do you think, you know, do you think these African-American play, um, people or players are going to want to play for you knowing that you support a bigot president? So I think, you know, Colin Kaepernick, I think, uh, would you put him up as, as like Muhammad Ali in sacrificing, you know, the majority of the of his career for the cause? I think you should. I think in general, what he, what, um, what he's done. You can put. You can... Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I think I read something enough. No, you can put. No, no, you're fine. You can you can put him in that category. I think Muhammad, you know, and it, you can't. No one is. You don't get a choice when you're born. So it's it's unfair to say. Well, he was born. He was doing it in the '60s when they were literally still killing him, and he dodged the war and this and that. I mean, this is Colin Kaepernick was born when he was born. He got to the NFL, which gave him his platform when he got there, and he spoke up and said something. So yeah, you can totally put him in that same category as a sports figure who decided to use his platform to speak towards injustice uh, for sure. But you see, um, you see, real quick, other than segregation, what has changed? Other than um, other than Muhammad Ali and other than Ka- Kaepernick, what has changed? Other than the fact that black, you- b- black players get paid more than paid more now than back then? But what has changed in society other than segregation? I don't think there's been a complete change from Muhammad to to Kaepernick. I think the biggest change, if you're asking what has changed, is that when Muhammad was talking, you, like you were saying earlier, and I'm in the same boat, you just heard about things happening. When Colin was speaking, when he was with the Niners, you saw it. You could put, you could literally push pause and rewind it and you could play it over and over and over again and that people people don't understand when you do that when you play something for someone and they see it over and over a lot of folks start to tend to think that's just the way that it goes like this black guy he could be crazy this black boy could be crazy i don't know I'm i'm an officer of the law I may have to shoot him to, to keep him calm. It, it normalizes things. And so Colin, when Colin spoke, he was speaking to a nation of people who had a cell phone in their hands who were able to see this stuff and then talk about it. So that's been the biggest change is that Muhammad was talking and maybe you read about it in the paper or maybe you heard about it from a cousin who was in the South or maybe you heard a Malcolm X speech and you were saying, yeah, you know, I understand what he's saying. Colin did it in a new time, in a new age where anybody can get on TV or their Instagram or their Twitter or their Facebook and say, hey, I'm at Walmart right now and this person's treating me like crap because I'm black. Hey, I'm at Target right now and this person's treating me like crap because I'm Mexican. Hey, I'm at the mall and because I'm Asian, they don't want me at this spot. 
it's all now being seen. And so I think that's what's been the biggest change. As far as the negative things that have been happening, um, a lot of people hide. I think when Barack was around, because it wasn't the mainstream, um, you would see spots of it. But as soon as you put someone like Trump into office, I don't even like saying his cat's name, but as soon as you put him <laughs> in the office, I think they feel more comfortable coming out because, again, he's normalizing when, when, the, when the Charlottesville thing takes place and he says, they're very fine people. It makes those people who are racist feel like, you know what? This is normal. This is okay. Our president says we're fine it's people. The way it should be, we must right? be fine people. So, so that's what I'm saying. So when you talk about Colin, Colin did it at a pivotal moment in a social media era where it's very popular to promote your brand and to be the man and to, to talk about your new shoe contract and your brand new house. He used his platform and said, they are killing brown people. It is horrible. They shouldn't be doing it. He took a knee. He actually sat down, mm-hmm. and there was a military officer who told him, "Don't sit. Sitting is disrespectful. Take a knee because that is more respectful." And that was a white marine who told him that. For, for those of you who don't know your history on Colin, and that's why he started to kneel. He did, and I agree with you. Do things that he shouldn't have done as far as wearing those socks and he wore some t-shirts and stuff like that those were mistakes but again we're human beings and and we're going to make some in the totality of it all he said something he meant it clearly um and i i ultimately think because of again you got flynn you know he passes away i think he will get an opportunity to have a tryout another one and i think he'll be on the team uh this this coming season Deep down, I mean, honestly, I would, I, would, I don't want him to, and it might be a personal opinion of mine. I don't want him to play because I think he, I think he would, his cause of not playing, would be greater. You know what I mean? He would be giving in. You know, and and I'm, I'm, I don't know what you know his situation is. Maybe he that's what he wants to do. But I think, uh, I think he's best for what you know i think playing football is probably in my opinion for him will be lower on the totem pole than than what he's actually done i think what he's actually done is probably a better i think he's better at being an activist than he is than a football player and he was a great football player he's super bowl he wanted to super bowl but i think his is the, the impact that he can have is and for him you know for him for his community you know for his people I think for him to be an activist is, you know, for, uh, you know, putting his stamp on things is probably an activist. I, th- I think he should, you know, and that's my selfish kind of a, you know, my selfish kind of want. No, I, I see where you're coming from. I don't agree. I think he should play if he's yeah. healthy and if he can. Healthy, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think, I, I think when it comes to this topic, I don't think you put Colin Kaepernick back into the NFL. I don't think you drop black and mexican coaches into coaching positions oh, if they can't do it exactly because then because then what you do is you go well we did it because he was black exactly. even though he sucks yeah. you know we, we put this coach into position because we needed to fill it but then he sucks and then what does it do it makes you again go well now this black guy is up here going 0 for 12 and he's trash but at least he's black like that like 
put the put the qualified people. The NFL is a there's only four percent, actually point four percent of kids who go to college that'll actually even make it. They that make it big. So if he's good enough and he's talented enough to play and he wants to play, I think he should play. And then whatever comes of that, if he continues on the path of saying, hey, this is wrong, this is we should do that, that's great. But it, any sport, I don't care who you were, if you played high school, middle school, college, you never want to stop playing uh, until yeah. Father saying, Time comes I in and says, hey, selfish you got to stop me, playing. Selfish of me because – I, I like I like him as a as an activist, and I don't want him. Yeah. I, what I, I don't want is for people to say, "See, you only did it because you couldn't play." You know what I mean? I don't want I don't I don't want selfish of me. Obviously, I don't want him to give. You know, if he if he doesn't succeed, I don't want them to give the satisfaction as like the only reason you did it is because you couldn't play. That's the only reason. Well, I mean, I, like I said, I, I think it's got to be you got to be qualified. Yeah. You know, there's a whole debate about yeah. you know why aren't there this black uh, football or soccer coaches. And I get it. You know, Lampard has no coaching experience and he's coaching Chelsea. I get it. You know, Gerard is in, is I think with Rangers, I get it, but you don't want to start to have that conversation and then go, all right. Um, anybody, you know, yeah. Neymar, here you go. You played football. So you're going to coach Barcelona cause you played there and he's trash. And then everyone's gonna go. Okay, well, we gave a person of color a chance, and he didn't do any well. He he did horrible. So, yeah. like, it just it, it, they, it the the conversation needs to change to who is the most qualified. Are they looking at that, or are they just saying, well, you know, Ron Rivera is the only he's the only Hispanic person who could do like it. Just makes no sense. It has to start being who are we looking at? How many people are getting an opportunity to have a conversation? so that we can start filling positions. If they just so happen to be a person of color, that's awesome, but they better be a damn good coach and person mm -hmm. if we're gonna allow them to do this job. So with Kaepernick, people can talk and say whatever they want. If he makes one of the 32 teams that are in the NFL, if he makes the team, he should play. And if he's trash, he should get cut. That's, that's what it should be. I don't think his story or narrative will change. The other thing we have to remember when these guys get done playing sports, they they try to build brands. He already has one. So when he gets done, his his movement or whatever you want to call it, it's going to continue. That's just it's just that's just what it's going to be. Like I said, something selfish. Uh, that my my opinions my my what I want for him because I think he's you know I I, I was a fan of him. Uh, not so much as a player because he played for the Niners, but. Um, when he when he put his you know basically put his balls out there and sacrificed sacrifice his career, I respect that. Um, so I mean, we wrapped. Are we? Uh, I mean, anything more? We gonna talk about this subject easy? No, I think like I said, I think I think we're good. I think um, you know obviously you know our podcast is a podcast. So we talked about Kobe. We've talked about. Uh, Michael Jordan and we're talking about racial injustice and we we are multifaceted both of us um, are very active on social media with things that we don't agree with the things that we do believe in so um, this is just again us proving um, you know how diverse we can be as just people and so um, I think this is just us being us again and I, I love it and we'll continue to do it again if anything else does happen in 
in the world that is going to spark conversation. Um, we're not going to be, you know, closed minded and just talk football or soccer with you guys. We're going to talk about the world. So that's uh, that's what you're going to get from Don't Red on Me. Couldn't say anything better, you see. So now let's talk football. So um, let's do it. We have um, we have a game coming up, you see. Like I said earlier, we have a game coming up next Friday. Tottenham. I think it's a two o'clock yeah. kickoff. Yeah. Uh, I've not looked at uh, I've not looked at this, the TV uh, programming. I'm sorry, I haven't looked at programming. I'm hoping it's going to be on M, uh, MS, uh, M, uh, M, NBC Sports. I'm sorry, I was to say MSNBC. Um, um, hope it's going to be on there. But it's a two o'clock kickoff. Uh, we go to Tottenham, I believe, right? Yes. So we, we definitely play, go to the huge Jose. brand new stadium. We play Jose uh, again. It seems like all the teams are going to have everybody back that was injured. Uh, we're going to have um, Pogba, Rashford, full squad with Martial, Bruno, <coughs> McTominay at full at full uh, strength. Uh, obviously, um, Fred, Matic, James, so on and so forth. But obviously they, they get back Son and they get back uh, Harry Kane. Looking at both teams, Harry Kane, I don't know if he's gonna be full force or not. Because what I mean, we see, you know, I think he suffered a pretty, you know, pretty uh, grueling injury. So I don't know how much, I mean, how effective he's gonna be. Uh, Son, I, I think during during his time away for COVID, he did uh, his military. You know duties. I think he did like a two week his two week training that he was supposed to do uh, for the South Korean uh, army. So uh, I think he's gonna be you know he's good to go. Um, and Son is a is a terror. I mean the guy's fast, precise. Um, what do you okay? What is the game plan for Jose? And looking at I'm not talking about starting players. I'm sorry. I'm talking about because I think we pretty much I think us are. Our best eleven, if we want to say best eleven, who knows what we'll get into lineups, people. Um, we'll get into our uh, formations and our starters next week as we get closer to the day. Um, we look at our best eleven, their best eleven. I think the key point, especially with this five-man rotation and substitutions, is actually going to. I think it's it's in Tottenham's favor, for me. Um, I don't think Jose's style is going to be in their favor because, um, as we all know, Jose is against big teams. What does he like to do? He parks that damn bus, bus. parks the bus, and looks for it in the counterattack. So it's going to be a, a, a <laughs> it's going to be a tactical a tactical chess match between what we have and what Ole is going to actually do. Compared to what we already know, what Jose is gonna do. I mean, we could all. I mean, he might freak us out. And we they might go open, open up, and full throttle the whole game, and you know, kind of you know, um, do what they you know could do. But I think the benches are gonna be pretty pivotal when it comes to us and them. I think it'll be pivotal, but I just think that our starters, especially with the ones coming back, when you talk about Rashford and Pogba, when you talk talk about Matic, I think, I think coming into his own, um, I think that our starters are going to be so dominant. Um, their, their weak points are on defense. And I think that's where we're a little bit stronger. We're actually a lot stronger. 
And so um, their midfield, I don't. I mean, I can't wait until he puts together what the midfield's going to be. But I know their midfield, and it's not even even if they don't. Let's say they don't put Pogba in. I still are not in, but start because they'll obviously play. But I don't think that they'll be able to match us um, man for man in the midfield or in defense. Offensively, yeah. I mean, you got Kane. He's back. He's fit. He's been. He was good to go. He was going to play in the game, um, and would have been ready to go. So he's back. Son, I think, like was one of the best uh, in that military uh, deal that you talked about. I heard some reports on a on another podcast that he was one of the best physically fit in the uh, military training that he did. Lucas Moore, there was never anything wrong with him, so he's going to be ready to go. So yeah, coming going forward, I think. Um, they didn't have any issues. But if you look at our defense, um, with us having really two CDMs and four defenders, we really had a lot back there. So we weren't really parking the bus per se, but we were playing such um, exciting counterattack. Uh, it didn't really look like we were parking the bus. So um, I don't. I think it'll be a little bit weird, obviously, because there's gonna be, not going to be anyone there. But I think the five subs is kind of going to help us out too because – you run into a situation where if Fred could be on the bench, Scott McTominay could be on the bench, Mata could be on the bench. You could you could potentially be bringing on three guys that are pretty damn good players to come on and relieve because I mean you know better than I do. You know when you start playing an actual game, it's different from when you're just you're in practice and you know you can goof off a little bit and. Maybe they're not going to go in for a tackle as hard as they would in a, in a regular game. And so I think it's going to help us out as well. Will it help them? Yes, it, it will. Um, but I, I really, I really, really think that it's going to benefit us. Um, I think you're going to be able to see that, um, you know, the fatigue's going to set in. The, the, the tackles are going to set in. And I think at that point, you'll start to see um, that it's going to kind of benefit us as well. Again, uh, repeat. Who you said come off the bench again? So slowly, slowly. We don't. We, slowly. we don't know. No, 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 we don't no, no, know. No. Repeat. No, the three, I'm going to say Pogba. I'm going to say. No, I'm going to no, say no, his no. name. The names you just said earlier. Repeat it and repeat it slowly. I think we could coming have coming off the bench. Not Pogba. I just uh, say the three names we, you said earlier. We could, we could have Fred. Okay. Coming off well, the bench. Uh, Fred defensive. We could defensive defensive midfielder. Next person. Yep, we could have McTominay coming off the bench. Uh, okay, attacking. Yeah, he gets that one volley and one volley in from uh, you know eighteen yards uh, once in a blue moon. Okay, yeah. What else? Out. No, no. And, okay, and then next then you, person. Exactly. And next then, person. Next person. And then you could have, next person. And then you. Could, next person. Mata. Okay, old man River. Old man River. I I used to love uh, yes. you know Tim Duncan. You know Tim Duncan, right? Big fundamental. They used to call him Old Man River because. You know, the San Antonio River, the Old Man River. Oh, I, yeah, uh, with the speed and the counterattacking, Mata, blip, out. I'm sorry. McTominay and Fred, okay. I mean, what offense, what what spark are McTominay and Fred going to give you, please, EC? I think Fred, for me, because what he does, he's that typical, I'm going <laughs> to run around the pitch like a crazy person. Exactly. I'm going to. Crazy person. Not having no purpose. Well, I think I think he has purpose. I think the main thing that we have to focus in on when you're looking at what Oli's trying to do, and he is trying to create a system. He doesn't have it yet, 
but he does have a formation that he likes. He does like that kind of five. You can call it you can call it three at the back, uh-huh. but he likes to have uh, Maguire, Lindelof, Wambasaka, um, Shaw. Uh-huh. But then he likes to kind of bring them those guys forward, and he likes to have those two CDMs and Matich and and Fred. And have them kind of sit back there and help because if, he's going to have um, Basaka and and Shaw going forward. We have the lead, so you kind of if, you know, if we have the lead, you see those subs are great. If we have the lead, if we're up two nil, uh, two one, um, down the stretch, those those I mean yeah, I mean, those, those are awesome subs. I'm telling you, well, give me give me subs off our bench that they give us a spark off our bench if we're down. Especially you're not going to like it. You're not going to like it. But I think Greenwood is a good spark off the bench. Oh, no. Why would I say I love Greenwood? Why would you tell me that? Oh, I thought I thought you weren't the biggest Greenwood fan. No, I think Greenwood. About? Well, because we've got it into it about James and Greenwood. And I think James should start over Greenwood in this game. If we're talking about the Spurs game, I think I think if you start James, especially if we haven't played football in almost three months, mm-hmm. He is going to be so excited to run at, and I mean, their defense is trash. It is Aurier, or however you say his name. He is going to be so pissed off. Is it Aurier, or how you say it? I don't know. I'm not French. I want to say it's Aurier. Anywho, Aurier is going to be pissed because Daniel James is about to be running at him like a crazy person. And I and then you look at the simple fact that he's going to be doing that for at least at least an hour. I mean, there's no way around it. Yeah, Serge Aurier. Yes, and then they've got David San- Davidson Sanchez back there, Harry Winks and Toby Otherwell. So, I'm just saying I think if you look at I know Mata's not the fastest anymore. I get that. I'm not going to sit here and say he's the old school Chelsea Mata, but I do think that with 20 minutes left in a game, you put him in a number 10 position, you put Greenwood in, you put McTominay in, or even Fred, I think those guys can give you enough energy and make a smart pass, and we can get a late goal. I personally don't think we're going to need to. I personally think we're going to beat them, and I I think it's going to be something to where it's not going to be that difficult. However, we don't know how these cats are going to react, man. They've been off for a long time. I, Me, personally, I feel like it's a brand new season. I know a lot of people are saying it's just a big break, but this is, like, unprecedented. This is – everyone's getting a fresh start. Like, Kane was done. Son was done. Like, they were done. They, they were dead in the water, and we were we were rolling. Like, we were on fire. I and I think had that game been played, we would have beat the dog crap out of those guys, and they got lucky. They got a, they got a get-out-of-jail-free card. And now Son's back, Kane's back, Lucas is up front. And that's good. Like, that attacking prowess, that's awesome. But I just feel like in the midfield and in, in defense, I don't think they can mess with us. And I think if he's smart enough, and I, by he I mean the coach, he has to play uh, offense to where we're getting at them. We're going – we got the players now. Like, no excuse. Rashford's healthy. If he puts Rashford up front as a striker, I'm going to probably throw something through the TV. You you have Bruno, who was just voted, I want to say yesterday, one of the best in the world. Yeah. And so 
we have to take advantage of the players that are back now that we have that that have that were having really good seasons, right? They were having really Mary McGuire was having good, but Saka was having the best season of his life. The other guys are going to have to fit in. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to understand that, you know, it's a brand new season. Everybody seems to be through these pictures. They're smiling. They're happy. Like, it's getting real, guys. The countdown's here. We got 10 days. And then your fight for your lives for, for Champions League, it's it's on the line. I think they're even, are they playing FA Cup as well? Yeah, I think I heard that. Yes, yes, sir. And uh, I'm going to, I hate to cut you short, you see, because I'm going uh, no, that, to, um, I just want to tell the fans, that's a little taste of the arguments we're EC and I are going to get into next Monday or Tuesday because uh, we'll get into more game preview on, on, on that because uh, I have a lot to argue with you about what you just said. And EC, uh, I know we talked about stereotypes and, you know, things like that. I don't see all black people the same. I think the person you're talking about is Martial that I think's trash. All right? <laughs> he should play, though. I think if you – I think <laughs> but it's I, good I, that I, they have <laughs> – well, hey, you know, like, I just don't want to get no stereotype. I don't want you to stereotype me, you see. I just said Martial's trash, and I don't think I, I would never. All right, okay. I would, ne- stereo- right, I would right. never stereotype. All right, all right. But we'll talk about Tottenham next week, guys, because, uh, well, I mean, obviously you can see EC and Iron, two totally different spectrums. All right, EC, let's talk about um, <clears throat> there's been some highlights of some training. 4 4. Uh, your boy. Paul Pogba and uh, my man, my man, Bruno Sanchez, Bruno Fernandez. I'm sorry. Um, it seems like they highlighted their their inner squad match. Um, they played on separate. They played on separate teams. Um, but uh, from what it looked like, four four, you know, sounds like okay. But it seems like our offense and the passing with Pogba and and and, and Fernandez, because um, I think Pogba had several assists. Um, one goal. Pogba two had two assists. One goal. One goal and Fernandez Rashford had, had three goals. goals. Yeah, right. Or oh, three goals, right? Bruno. Bruno had yeah, one goal uh, and several assists. So Matic had two, one assist. Mm-hmm. Bruno had two assists, two goals. Martial had you one see, assist, one goal. You see the potency of what could be, what could be in our offense, and I'm like like you said earlier in, in regards to Tottenham, and we'll get to Tottenham uh, hopefully Monday or Tuesday next week, but um, the potency of what we could have, and I'm hoping, I mean like you are hoping uh, that we have the Fernandez Pogba link up in the midfield to um, to feed to feed those hungry 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 strikers of Rashford. I'm gonna say this begrudgingly, but I, Martial, and um, either, you know, I mean, we could even also say maybe Igalo up front and Martial on the on, on the right. Who knows, Bru- or James on the right or whatnot. But you see, you know, you see um, the potency of of that. But when you talk about the two linkups in the middle, uh, Fernandez and and Paul and Paul Pogba, and I know you and I have, or. You know that I, I, how my feelings for Paul Pogba is, is Fernandez a worthy enough signing for Mr. Paul Pogba to stay and to stay for the long term? I think it's, I think at that point you're going in the right direction. I just don't think 
any player. I don't. I don't care who you are. I don't think you want to play around a bunch of trash. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and I mean that in the most disrespectful way because I feel like we are united, and it, it's like, okay, well, we're only united when we have Sir Alex Ferguson, and it's like he leaves, and we we create this thing of, well, let's let let's let the Everton manager come in and let's let him do it his way. Like that doesn't. So here comes Fellaini and fellaini has got a huge role to play. I thought you loved and you know, let's bring in. Huh? I thought you love Fellaini. Well, I, what I, my point with <laughs> Fellaini is Fellaini did good for what Fellaini does and you have to respect that, but it's not what United is used to. Like, again, Players are going to come in and, and they're going to leave. United's never, ever going anywhere. That's my whole point with, like, players and, like, people talk about Pogba in or Pogba out or Ole in, Ole out. Like, if you're going to do great things for the club and the club are going to support you, then awesome. But if it's going to be a situation where you're going to come in, you're going to do great things, the club isn't going to do anything to support you, and if it's a coach, that means you're not getting any money. If it's a player... That means not putting other players around you that are of your elk. Why would you stay? Like, it doesn't make any sense. So if you bring in a Bruno Fernandez, if in the offseason you bring in a Sancho, that to me is a club that's going to return back to what we used to do. I mean, everyone knows the class of 92, but it wasn't that wasn't the only time where we had four, five, six great players. So our history, our history is one of the Bubsy Babes. That's not something that just happened in the 90s. That was way back in the day. So we can again have great players play together. So I think if the club is going to start to ascend to where it needs to get back to and we start getting back into having, you know, four or five really just world class, no question about it players, absolutely he stays. But if not, he's going to go look for a team who has other world-class players like him, and that's where he's going to go. That's what all players want to do. There's not a player out there in the world. You put a, a, a truth serum in them, you put a gun to their head, and you ask them, hey, you want to play with players that are horrible, or do you want to play with great players? They're going to tell you, I want to play with great players. That's the same with work. That's the same with sport. That's life. You want your wife to suck. You want your kids to suck. You want your – you don't. You want them to try their best to be the best 24-7, seven days a week. That's what you want. And so I just feel like Bruno, for me, I don't remember what the organization was that voted him one of the best. I don't know how credible they are. But for me, he made an immediate change to not just that number 10 position, but to every single player on the field. He raised the level. He made you feel like okay this is if we if we can get a number 10 this might actually work out guess who we're about to get back paul pogba oh my gosh so who might we get in the summer sancho who remember remember how old ronaldo was when he when he was with sporting and remember what he was doing sancho's actually doing something bigger on a bigger level i'm not saying he's going to be ronaldo but he's only 20 ronaldo, he's only 20 Ronaldo's years 18, old so Huh? Ronaldo was 18, I believe, when he started with United. No, he was older. He was a lot. Oh, he was a lot older. He was still sporting, 
And in fact, he wasn't in his prime. Sancho, you could argue, is already in his prime and is playing in the Champions League. Ronaldo wasn't doing that. And again, I'm not saying he's going to be better than him, but he's 20 years old. He's 20. He doesn't like it in Dortmund. I don't think he's going to be better than Ronaldo. But if you look at their careers, he's already at a huge club and he's already doing big things. And not to say sporting was trash. Sporting was a good club. But you could tell the levels that he was on then. And then when we picked him up, he took off. And by the time it was 2000, and I want to say by 08, he was the best player we had. It was no question. Seven, eight, he was he was the best player. So I just think anybody that plays football, you want to play with the best. You want to play with guys who are like you. That's a that's how club soccer, even on its lowest level. My daughter's 14. Every season when it's over, all of the girls that are in the ECNL, they all talk and they all say, who are you playing for? Who are you playing for? Where are you going? Because same thing with volleyball. My other one plays volleyball. In the season's over, when club season starts, they all say, what what club are you going to play for? Are you going to play here? Are you going to play there? Because they all want to play together. So, yeah, I think think Bruno does nothing but help. The summertime is going to cause – it's going to be a a big deal. And then we have to see what other clubs are going to do. I mean, you know, it doesn't sound like Liverpool has money to spend. It doesn't sound like uh, City has money to spend. I think Chelsea have already proven that they are ready. Like they are spending money and they are getting top quality key players. So, you know, United has to make a stand. And I think Sancho would be a big piece as well. I hate to burst your bubble, you see. Um, the internets, and luckily the internets is at, at, at our phone. But Ronaldo was 16 years old when United <laughs> signed him. I'm not saying that's when he played for United, but I think he played. But like I said, I, I could have sworn uh, he was. 18 years old when he debuted in the Premier League, so, um, you know, I just, maybe- I, I just mean levels. I just mean as far as what he's doing, what what was he doing at that club in comparison to what Sancho is doing at Dortmund right now, like doing it. Oh, no, 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 you're right. I mean. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, no, I'm no. just saying okay. where he was, and, and listen, it may have been opportunity. Like, Ronaldo's not going to come in and just take, you know, keen spot. He's not going to come in and take, you know, Beckham's spot, yes. right? But he eventually he did, I mean, and he never looked back. No, yeah, you're right. And uh, Sancho had to get away from the you know, get away from Man City to go make his own mark. And now that you've already brought up Sancho, what there's already been fallout on what's going to happen with his transfer. Do you think? Because there's several things. We lost that on Timo Werner. Timo Werner has already been apparently agreed in principle to Chelsea. So we're not going to get him. Mark him off the list. There's been Kai Havertz from Leverkusen, Byron Leverkusen. He's a midfielder. Do we need another midfielder? Don't know. Is Jaden Sancho going to be our only signing? And do we pay too much for Jaden Sancho? So I don't think we're going to pay... Um, too much for him. I don't. I, I. I think he's worth around eighty-nine to a hundred. I think that's. I think we have that. Um, I think he already has relationships with United players. 
Um, and, you know, no disrespect to Greenwood, no disrespect to James, but I think he walks in uh, to United and I think he makes an immediate impact. Um, give him the number seven and all of that. I think he can handle the pressure. I don't think he wants to be in Germany. They had a falling out last season. Um, he's been playing good since this restart. He had some fatigue issues. Um, I watched all of the games just, you know, for that simple fact that he was on the team. Um, he's now starting, um, is fit. Um, and, you know, obviously they're not going to win the league. They'll come in second. But um, I just think that we have to get back to recruiting the best, signing the best, and um, creating that atmosphere of this is that club that's going to get the big dogs. We can spend the money and get them because I, I, I don't think – I, I, I really don't think Liverpool is going anywhere. I don't think City's going anywhere. I definitely don't think Chelsea's going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I think Newcastle's going to be a player. They've got new ownership. They've got tons of money to spend. The fan base is ridiculous. Uh, Stoke, Wolves. There's so many teams now um, to where I feel like the league's going to get better. Um, and and I think I think Sancho will be a great addition to the Premier League. And I, I don't I don't think. Um, I don't think we can miss with this one. I really don't. I think all the pressure is on Woodward to get it done. Um, I think he knows that. And uh, I just, I just, I would be devastated. I would really be devastated because it would have to be, you know, I know we, we swung and missed with Fatih this morning or yesterday. I think he's 19, 18 as well with Barcelona. Um, we, I don't know who else is, you know, proven that you can go and get plug him in and, and he's going to do the same thing do you agree with the criticism uh, Marie Chan gave um, about the about Sancho I know there was this whole haircut thing that he defied again another player defying their COVID rules but I think Emery John Emery Chan or Chan or whatever C-H-N or C-A-N I'm sorry had some scathing um, remarks to talk about Jane Sancho and um, saying regarding his maturity, uh, do you think it's just you know? I mean, we could also say Emery Chan played for Liverpool, so could it be one of those you know Liverpool people you know you know ex players talking you know getting this guy's head? But um, from what he said, you know it wasn't an ringing endorsement of Jane Sancho and his professionalism. Um, and then <coughs> you talked about giving him the seven given the money he wants um, could that just ultimately roll up into something that I'm not saying an Alexis Sanchez kind of thing um, because Alexis Sanchez is a lot older and nothing, nothing, nothing more to give uh, but could it, could it could it be you're putting this guy in a position to where a lot of expectation the number 7 jersey weighs a lot a lot on people's I mean, uh, shoulders how many players have worn it since Ronaldo left um, and expectations are going to be high, especially if he's going to get big wages. And then he's coming in with the negative stigma, I guess, from players uh, regarding his maturity. I mean, do you think it's fair enough? Um, should we give a number, him and maybe give him another number? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I want a player of his caliber. I don't want to pay him $350,000 a week. I don't. Especially for somebody that young. Um does he deserve the number seven? Obviously, he does. I, I, I think he does. But 
is the weight of that jersey going to be too heavy for them to where he goes in a run of games, doesn't get any assists or goals, and he starts hearing the boo birds, and then where does he go? Well, I think that th- that narrative is very possible. There's no you can't you can't go. You're going to come from Germany and just kill it. You don't know that. That's what we all hope. Mm-hmm. We all hope that he comes in. We already know that he has his <laughs> friends. It's great to have friends because you feel comfortable. However, you got to play the game. Um, you got to come in and you got to take a deep breath and you got to just play the game. So, yeah, I I I, I know that that could happen. Um, I know he's 20 years old. I know that his wages are going to be insane. It's it's monopoly money. It's not mine, so I don't care what they give him. I just don't want it to be a situation where we don't give him time to to grow into the number seven that he is. But that's the thing uh, you see, right? I mean, if we're gonna, I mean, just like Sancho, right? I mean, Sancho's already dealing with it now. I mean, how big his wages are and how fractured the locker room could be on big wages. And then you're going to give this, you know, give this kid time because, um, you know, as expectations are like you and I, we're not going to give him time. I'm not going to give him time. I mean, you want to get paid $400,000 you know, $400, a week and you're giving me shit. You're going to be like, um, what's his name? Uh, not Sancho, but uh, Sanchez, but the other one. Uh, you're going to be like uh, De Maria, right? You're going to be yeah. like shit, and you know what? You know, you're going to be out in a year. So what is reasonable expectations for us on him on salary? Because that's basically what's going to be on CEC. It's going to be on how much we're paying this dude and how much we paid to get him. The the heavy, the heavy, the crown that weighs on the king, right? Or, or we're dealing with Pogba right now. And he, you know, he cost us 96 million, uh, 96 million pounds, and he shit the bed since then. I mean, yeah, yeah, he won, but, yeah, he won a yeah, he won a Europa, yeah, 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 yeah. But he shit the bed since then. He quit on his teammates. He's quit on his teammates now. So heavy the crown that weighs the weight, heavy the crown that weighs on the king. So you're gonna bring this kid in for big money, a 20 year old. You see, you're gonna bring him in. You you're you're gonna need to have a support system for this guy. I see. I don't. I don't look at it like that. I because for me. The wages and you know how much they get paid a week and all. It, I, I just look at the it fractured the locker room. You see, with 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 Sanchez, Alexi Sanchez, he's getting paid half a million pounds, half a million. I mean, four hundred something thousand. Okay, I mean, ballparking him, rounding up to half a million pounds. It fractured the locker room. He was probably one of the most hated people in the locker room because you knew he was getting paid twice as much than the next person, and he wasn't even playing, and he wasn't playing well. But that's that's my thing. I feel like when you when when us, me and you, or any other fan that does that doesn't that, are, that we're not playing, when we start to look at what they're what they're worth, and again, you're going to sign the contract for what you and your agent can negotiate, and that's what the club's going to agree upon, and then the player's going to agree upon as far as. You know, we're going to give you 400000 a week. We're going to give you $5 million up front, $10 million up front, whatever it is. Um, we're going to give you, you know, $2 million if you score 25 goals. And so the player has an incentive to, to get to score for the, for the club. That's on him. It's on, upon us. Our, part of our job is to say, hey, listen, I think you should play better. 
I think you could play harder. I think you should score more goals. I think you should have more assists. That's our job. It doesn't mean that it's right or wrong. That just means it's our opinion. That's all that it is. It's our opinion. Right or wrong, it's our opinion. We own it, and we have to live with whatever we say. When these kids come in, we can't, for me anyways, we can't look at those negotiations. I know it's out there in the media, and we see it. What we have to look at is we have to look at what they're doing. What kind of numbers are you putting up? What, what kind of results are you putting up? And I think if you look at Sancho and you say, well, he better if he's going to get 400000 a week, he's going to have to do – you can't do that because it's not – it's 2020. <laughs> it's not 1992. If, just imagine Beckham's salary if he was a 2020 player in his prime. Like – it would have been amazing. I was just listening the other day to who was the Ford, huh? They would have sold him to Real Madrid. Well, I, I'm just saying, like the <laughs> salaries and all that. When you start looking into the money, who was the the, the guy that played with uh, with David with York? Uh, God, I can't remember his name Andy now. Cole. The other striker, Andy Cole. Uh, Andy Cole. Uh, yes, Cole. He okay to come to United. It was like eight million dollars. Now, at the time, that was a huge deal. Everybody's freaking out. We gave them eight million, six million. Like, we can't look at the cash. We can't look at the weekly wages. If the if Sancho comes here and he's just horrible, can't dribble, can't pass, doesn't score, no, like, okay, I get it. He's like he's not doing he, anything to contribute to us winning any trophies. Then yes, we can say whatever we want. But we're in the hook for still. We're still in the hook for Alexi Sanchez at five at half a half a million dollars. I mean, but again, you, you have a reference our point. I mean, you have a reference point. I mean, I mean, getting back to the guys here in the United States, right? Dak Prescott wants uh, forty million dollars a year for five years or whatnot. I mean, it's insane to keep doing. You know, giving just because that's the position, that's their position, that's what their position, you know, offers. I mean, Jared Goff, bust. You know, Carson Wentz, ee, you know, you gave him, you gave him money. What's the definition of insanity? Keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Why do you need to give these players big money if they, I mean, if they take up so much? And here in the states, it's a salary cap. Obviously, over there in 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 in, in, uh, in our sport, football, I mean, there's no salary, there's salary cap, there's financial fair play, and who knows the rules between that? Because that's just, I, don't know, I mean, I I couldn't explain it, right? I, could, I was trying to explain to my mom. Well, that that's why City's yeah. in trouble right now. I understand, but I don't know the rules, so I, it's just very hard to understand. But looking at Alexi Sanchez, we're still in the hook for him. So we're still going to be paying him. We're still going to probably, I think, Inter wants him going to back on loan. And Inter's only paying a fraction of his contract. But yet United still is paying the majority of it. So we're going to do that. I mean, we're going to put ourselves. And what Alexi, Alexi Sanchez's contract did was fracture the damn locker room, you see. So you're going to give this kid as much money, 400,000 pounds a week, and hope, hey, you know what, for five years, and we hope you work out. We hope you do, you know, because you know what? You're going to be another, if if you don't, you're going to be another Memphis Depay. You're going to be another Angel Di Maria. You're going to be another, well, uh, uh, what's his name? 
Antonio Valencia went from 25 to 7 back to 25, obviously, so he's not in a really number 7. You're going to be of that ilk, right? You're going to be a failure wearing the number 7 jersey, getting paid bid bucks in Manchester United. And I don't want that. I, I mean, if he's gonna no, cost, I, if, if he's gonna, I, I, if he's gonna cost us four hundred thousand pounds or dollars or whatever you want to call it a week, let him go to Real Madrid. I don't want him. I don't want him to bust up the continuity. If you're gonna tell me Sancho on the left hand, I mean on the right hand side is gonna get paid twice as much as Bruno Fernandez, which Bruno Fernandez right now has been voted. He only played at like eight games in Premier League. He's been voted one of the best Premier League players. And he's only played eight games. And you're going to tell yeah. me he's going to get paid more? I mean, but, I, I, what I'm I, saying I is, but th- th- this is the thing. This is what this is what Bruno is going to set himself up for. He's 25. <laughs> when he's 28, when he's 29, he's going to get another contract. And it's going to be stupid. No, and it's, it's going to be stupid money. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, when these guys come in and, and the money, the numbers get splashed around, it's only – all it's doing is promoting the club. The player's not getting $400 million. Like, that's not happening. They're getting a huge salary per week. But here's the thing that we're not looking at. If we're, t- if we're just talking about financials and how it's hurting the club, when Sancho, hopefully if he does sign, when he does sign, he's going to make so much money just off of his likeness and off of his jersey and off of the, the, the support that he's going to get around the world, the people looking at United – that's going to generate money in and of itself. Millions of dollars. Just in jersey sales, he's going to generate millions of dollars. So there's an even payoff for players that come in that are of a high profile like he is. Not if so, he's not scoring. Not if he's not giving well, assists. It, that's the thing. The first season, though, the jerseys are going to be selling out of the stores. Yeah, so he's going to make, if, we, if, you, if me and you had an opportunity to look at it, and we looked at jersey sales, because they, they do this in the NFL all the time. When he signs for United, if we looked at the jersey sales and an amount of revenue that he generates by himself, just being him, not even playing at all, and he has his first season and he goes well. Let's just okay, let's just say it goes trash. Let's say he plays like crap. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you just look at those jersey sales, he will have made the club millions of dollars. And again, we're not throwing millions of dollars in his pocket the first season not happening so people get it all twisted up that he's you know the, the, the that uh, Dortmund's getting 200 million and it's all going to Sancho it's not happening that's not how it works 400 million dollars a week is yeah no no no. no no I'm saying I'm saying the overall payment United the the club Manchester United is going to give Dortmund 89 to 100 million or 100 million plus I mean I know about transfer you don't have to tell me about that so that's but what that, I'm saying. So he's going to give us. But if you if you're going to pay somebody 400 million pounds a week, you know you have to be proven. At least Alexis Sanchez was proven in the Premier League, right? So this, I mean, he justified. This, he, he justified 400, you know, 450 thousand for 450 thousand pounds a week. That's my whole point. So my this, whole this, point this, is, this, this, this what kid, have you done when you when you're Sanchez and nobody can argue that Sanchez wasn't amazing at Arsenal. Yes. He was. So he was able to sit down with United and say, look at what I've done. That's what Sancho is going to do. His agent is going to say, look at what I've done. Not just at Dortmund, which the Blue League is a good league. It's not the best. It's a good league. But I also played in the Champions League and balled out of control. That's against the best of the best. So 
what you have to do. You have to want this. This is what this is what like it's 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 for me. It drives me nuts because people get too caught up in well, we gave them this to come in. You're supposed to do that. That's what the world's about. If uh, if someone came to you and said, "Hey, Jesus, we know that you're one of the best at what you do in your business, and we're gonna give you two two hundred thousand dollars." A year to do your job you're not gonna tell them no you're gonna tell them thank you where do I sign and as soon as you start screwing up they're gonna say hey it's not gonna work out you're gonna be gone that's business you have to put your neck on the line for people who are who have been proven and then see what happens but in my business I don't sign a five-year contract they said bye-bye for him we'll be on the hook for just like we're with Sancho, Sanchez, we'll be on the hook for still paying him out that four hundred thousand, four hundred, four hundred fifty thousand dollars a week. That's that's a, but that's, that, that's, a, that's I mean yes, that's a, that's what we're trying to argue. You see, is it worth the business? Do you want to pay? It's worth for, every penny. It's worth every penny because you you have to start. You can't just say to yourself, okay, we're only going to take kids if they if they're only going to take. Fifty thousand a week. Because what's going to happen is, I mean, a hundred, a two hundred. Even if it's, a, I'll be, I'll be even like, if it's, I'll be all fine with two hundred. But four hundred thousand dollars a week, you see, that's different. Even if it's, even that's if it's four hundred, and you don't want to do that, you know what's going to happen? Some other club's going to say, "Fine, we'll take a chance." That's fine. And then let him and go. Then, so what happens if he turns out to be the next Ronaldo? Then we have egg on our face. That's what I'm saying. No, you can't no, just no, no. look at it and Ronaldo go, get- "Well." Did Ronaldo even his second contract? Did he get paid four hundred thousand pounds a week? It wasn't that time. That's did, what I'm does Ronaldo, Okay, does Ronaldo get paid four hundred thousand pounds a week now? He's thirty six. No, no, no. You see, no. Even as even when he was with Madrid, did he get paid four hundred thousand pounds a week? He couldn't have. The market's not there. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Oh my God, you see, can't. No, you he can't was the highest paid. He he went when he went for what? Uh, Ronaldo went for eighty nine thousand. Pounds, right? To Madrid when he was uh, the the in ninety in oh nine. But let me just really quick. This will As be really easy for you because you you know that. Okay, so do you think that Neymar is better than Ronaldo? No, hands no. Okay, no. okay, and, and I agree with you. So why did Neymar get the the most contract, the biggest contract ever? Off potential. I'm saying no, 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 no. no, no, no. Off, it wasn't potential. Potential. Off potential. Off potential. It wasn't potential, and it's not that he's better. It's the market. He set the market higher, and I, and I trust me. In a couple years, Kylian Mbappe is going to set it higher. Philip Coutinho just, did too. Look at him. Look at him. He's looking for a fucking club right now, right? But, but what I'm saying, no, 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 is I'm saying, but when I'm, you're <laughs> when you're the hottest, when you're the hottest commodity, you're going to set the market higher. It doesn't matter. And the fuck the market, dude. I mean, just like I said, it doesn't matter. The I'm telling you, the, the market defini- matters. The, defin- the, the, the market definition speaks. of insanity is keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result, and that's what, just like what they're doing in the NFL. They're giving these quarterbacks, or the I mean, you could, you pretty much uh, put them in the equivalent, right, as a high play players overseas to this here. You keep giving them big money, and they flop. Um, Coutinho flop. Barcelona's one that you know paying that shit. He's he's looking for a new a new gig. He wants to come back to the Premier League. And then look and at I, look at Neymar. Look at Neymar. 
I mean, everybody put they he, they put the weight of they put the weight of the club on him because that's what he wanted. And look at him; he goes out and parties every. He fakes an injury every freaking year to go out and party for his sister's birthday. And, they, and, and no, 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 no. And PSG ain't gonna win shit. Yeah, you can talk about jersey sales and all that. All that's fine. I mean, yeah, Killian Bobby's gonna probably break the market, but who cares? I'd rather somebody else break the bank. Than, than us with egg in our face. I would have more money to spend on quality and not one quantity. You know, just one that will have one player. That one player is going to get us. Because you know what? There's never, there's not going to be another Ronaldo or Messi. No, no, no. We don't know that, though. There's you don't, not, see, you don't know none. that until you, like, the whole thing and for me, like, that, when people talk about there's not going to be the next this, there's not going to be the next that. <laughs> We don't know history because me, it hasn't happened. Tell me, if does so, Messi get paid? Does Messi get paid uh, in, in his last two contracts as the best player in the world when he was willing Ballon d'Ors? Did Messi get paid uh, every every year 400,000 pounds a week? No, he didn't. But what I'm trying to tell you is, you can't you can't look at this is the this is the biggest problem that people are having Honest. with money. It's not, it's monopoly money. You're talking about billion dollar corporations that literally, <laughs> they they buy these guys based off of what they've done in the past and what they could potentially do. So you're taking a risk, you have to. If you don't take a risk in business, it's gonna be very difficult for you to succeed. If you just continue to play it safe and play it safe, you won't succeed. You're gonna have flops. You're going to have bad quarters. That's going to happen. That's a bad investment. What then. you have to do, though, is you have to do You have to swing for the fences. You have to try to hit grand slams. I think Sancho could be a grand slam. I wouldn't want to see him doing it anywhere. It's just like with Holland. Everyone said, man, Holland, he's a great player, good striker. Let's try to get him. Nobody knew what he was going to do at Dortmund. Nobody had a glass ball and knew. But he's doing it. He's doing very well for himself, and he's going to be another one of those kids that in three or four years, he's going to break somebody's bank, and he's going to get stupid money that makes no sense to me and you because we don't get those type of wages. But you have to do that. United is not a rinky-dink club. It's a huge club. That means that when there's young, like Jude Bellingham, when there's young potential that's out there, you got to go get it. Okay. And it's going to be dictated on what that kid has done, and could potentially do as a as a human being. We're we should all want to put ourselves into that position for ourselves and for our kids. What's the most that I can get? What's the most money that I can get for myself? Like I said, if I ran United <laughs> and it was my money, the conversation would be a lot different. But it's not. It's not my. It's not my money. I'm not paying or shelling out anything. And if you look at United's financials, yes, we are in debt for the first time, but that's for those two people at the top that nobody wants. We want the Glazers out, we want Woodward out. That's not because of United. United was always a club that, that we had our own cash flow. That's how we That's how we did things. Give me, give me uh, I'm going to interrupt you again, and I, I, I knew I apologize. I said I wasn't going to do this much, but I have to. Who else is involved? Is Madrid involved uh, in the Sancho deal? I mean, are they in the race? As far as right now, I don't think they are. Barcelona. They don't have money. They're literally 70% no, 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 no. on pay cuts. All okay. of them. Barcelona, Madrid, PSG. 
they got cash. Are they in the race? I'm going to say they have cash. Do are they in the race for Sancho? As, as far as I as far as I know, they're not because Bayern he doesn't Munich. want to go. Bayern Munich because everybody uh, from uh, that's a, that's the top of the German league is Bayern Munich in for Jaden Sancho. I don't think they are. I don't think he wants Juventus. to go there. Juventus is in for everybody. Is Juventus in 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 for Jaden Sancho? I don't think they are. AC Milan. I hope they're not for Inter his Milan. sake, but I don't think they are. Inter Milan. No. Man City. Uh, I don't know if they are or not. Chelsea. I think Chelsea. I think you probably Chelsea's in for sure. Chelsea's in. Okay. Uh, Arsenal. They don't have the cash. I, I would assume they'd be in for him. Mm, am I forgetting somebody in there? Uh, Liverpool. I, I know I know they are, but I think their problem was is that he knew he wasn't going to play because okay. of their front three. I've named the top clubs, paying clubs, in Europe right now. And you only give me, out of those top clubs, you only give me two that are willing to pay what Jane Sancho's, what, what they're asking for and what probably they're going to be paying for a month, a year. So you, you, you're telling me it's good business. If we're if we're pricing ourselves out of their own, our own the own market by telling Jane Sancho we're going to give we're, Dortmund we're going to give him 100, 100, 100, million, um, 100 million pounds and also we're going to give Jane Sancho four hundred million pounds. I mean, what, I mean, I mean, is is are you? I mean, what are these other clubs that they don't see in Jane Sancho that? I mean, obviously you said Dortmund, Barcelona doesn't have cash. That's fine. Madrid probably the same boat, right? They're cash strapped. Both of those clubs right. are cash strapped. But Germany, and I think they would both. I think they would both be in. Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich PSG, uh, Man City. I, I, mean, I think Bayern know, Munich would be in for him, Juventus, but I don't. I don't think he wants to be in Germany. Juventus, uh, Juventus has. They they want Paul Pogba. I mean, you, you can't tell me that just because. I mean, they, they you need yeah. the investment, but, you know, blah 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 blah. I mean, for a t- unproven, unproven. At a top level, you want to play this kid, a kid, because he is a kid. He's still twenty years old. I mean, yes, okay, we could we could debate that. You want to pay him Ronaldo esque money, Messi esque money, without him actually having skins on the wall. That's the whole thing. That's what my biggest problem. I think because we, we 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 can't. I, I don't think Dortmund. I don't think Borussia Dortmund is a bad club. I don't think you think they're bad either. I don't know. No, I, I love watching. And I know. And I don't think that the Champions League is a crap league, and I know you don't think it is either. And I think he's proven himself in both of those leagues to be a top-dominant Bundesliga player. So the next step for him is to look at it and say, okay, where do I want to go? Well, clearly, he already is in Manchester. He didn't like it because he wasn't playing. He went out just like a lot of these kids do and proved himself, and now he wants to come back. So I don't think for him somewhere like Bayern Munich would be an option because he doesn't want to go there. I think he wants to be in England. He wants to prove himself as a Premier League player. And I think that when you have the want, I think then as the club, you have to, again, I know you don't like it, but that's that's the way that sports is. You have to answer to the market. And his age, and again, you know, soccer players, especially, you know, wingers, you got about nine years. I'll give you ten if you work out and you're uh, a phenom like uh, like a Cristiano Ronaldo who's just played. You know, he, I I feel like he gets to come back for us right now and play. That's just me. 
So if you're lucky, you're going to get a good decade out of this kid. If you're lucky, that means barring injury, to your point, mental uh, fatigue, uh, to your point, you know, personal things that, have, that, that could go on. All of those things could happen. But what also could happen, he could be absolutely amazing. Again, I feel like having players like Bruno Fernandez, I feel like having Paul Pogba, Rashford, Tony, Greenwood, and he knows all these guys. Having all these guys around you that you like, that are really good players, I think it's going to help him because I, for me, as much as I think Dortmund is a good club, I think United's better. And I think if we're fully fit, I think we have better players. And I look at what he's doing with Holland up front, him on the wing. I personally think our strikers are better than Holland. That's just me. I like Holland. Don't get me wrong. I wanted to get him. But I don't think he's better than what we have. And so I don't think the midfield that Dortmund has is better than our midfield. So I think he steps into a better club, better situation. He actually wants to be there. I think he's going to be I think he's going to do fine. But I, you can't ignore the fact that life could happen. Yes, it could. Um, I just I'm not looking at it from that perspective. I'm looking at it from our perspective of I understand what it's going to cost. I see the player. I've seen what he's able to do. So I'm willing to take the risk. Let's do it. I think we need. I think that's the only thing we don't have, that and a left back, a solid one. Unless Brandon Williams is just he becomes because he's 19. That's the other part, right? Shaw's having a good comeback, and he's 23, 24. Um, but what if Brandon Williams is another great? Like, what if he turns into Patrice Evra? You know, th- those things could. We don't know. They could happen, and you know, once those things happen, those players like a Brandon Williams. They renegotiate their contracts. Yeah, but and it's gonna be money. I mean, all right, nah, all right, man. I think we're. Uh, I get what you're saying. No, I, I, understand, I, I, I understand where you're coming. From. You're. It's just I'm looking. You at, don't. You don't want to waste any money. No, no, no. I don't. I'm, I get I'm that. Sorry, not waste. I'm sorry. Overpay is a different thing. Waste and overpay are two totally different things. I, I mean, if he wants to come on with 200, I, I if he wants to come on for 200, 250 million, 200,000 pounds a week, hey, fucking pay the guy. Yes, let's get him in. 400, 300, 400. I'm fucking sorry, dude. Because you know why? Well, what does it, it's going to do. Why does it matter gonna, to you, though? Why does it matter to you? It's not coming why, out of your pocketbook. Did, okay, did did Sanchez's contract fuck up the on dressing room? Yes or no? I, I don't know. I don't know what stories you're talking about, but if you know of a story where someone in the locker room said, I'm better than Sancho, came out and said, Sanchez, I'm better than, Sanchez, I'm sorry, Sanchez, than Alexis. Sanchez. I'm better than Alexis. I deserve the same wages. You tell me that story. There were reports out of camp. I don't know who. I mean, obviously, these, these are, I mean, I, I mean, the same sources you hear, the same same. People that you hear from, like United Stan, all that stuff, and they've even said it. Their reports, their sources out of camp, that people are pissed off because Sancho was getting. St- I mean, Sanchez. I'm sorry, we don't want to get them confused, guys. Sanchez and Sancho. Sanchez was getting paid, you know, more than anybody anybody on the team, and yet he wasn't contributing to the team. And well, well it, this it is caused, what I'll say. That, this is what I'll say. If, if that was if that's fracture, true, it caused a fracture between the players. This is what I'll say if that's true, okay? I think, again, for as much as I don't like Ole Gunnar, 
you have to give him credit for if that's true the one thing that no one can dispute about Ole is that he has at least made it a happier place to be no one can argue that it's a happier place the players are happy they're smiling they love the little nicknames he gives them they're happy so you so if they got rid of uh, Sanchez right the two so players that, that's my thing. Two players, so two if, Jordan, if Jordan, if Jaden comes in and Jaden's a trash player and he sucks and all of the players are like, why is this guy getting 400 grand a week? We, I'm, I'm better than him and I'm only on a hundred. I don't, I don't have any uh, thought in my mind that Ole's not going to say, look guys, it didn't freaking work. And so I don't know if he's going to be a better player somewhere else but it ain't working here because they've already denied the fact that they want him to come back. They want Sanchez to come back. So again, the market is what speaks, hate it or love it. It's what speaks. The player comes. It either works or it doesn't. For me, I, I'm going to love United. I'm not gonna, I don't care about United's financials. What, you know when I'll start caring about United's financials? When they don't have any money to be in the central market, that's when I'm gonna start going, man. Which I don't know what happened. Here, though, dude, I choke you so but we're not. <laughs> it's. But we're not anywhere near that. We always say that. We say we're not anywhere near. We that. didn't spend enough money this transfer transfer window, or we didn't. You know, we haven't had a return on investment of Cristiano. We haven't pressed. You know, we haven't spent enough money there, or, or you know, we we always say that. It's just like, uh, it's like the people we sold. We, I mean, we're not spending out of our coffers. We say the coffers, right? We say that our treasure war chest. I mean, we haven't we haven't done that because we've made so many bad investments, bad investments, and we're still paying a little well, bad again, investments. How many coaches? I, are, I mean, how many coaches are we still paying contracts on? I think we just barely this year have gotten out of David Moyes' contract. That means we still have Louis Van Hall. That means we still have um, Mourinho still contract. I mean, how many players are we still paying? We're paying for Chris Malling. We're paying for Rojo. We're paying for, uh, like I said, Alexis Sanchez. I mean, how many bad contracts are we getting? Yeah, that's upper management stuff. I mean, yes, we're good. I understand that. But, I mean, it those, is. Those, I mean those people are going to be making the same decisions. I'm putting us in a bad contract of paying Jane Sancho 400,000 million, 400, pounds a week. And when he, he doesn't deserve it. It's a based off potential and not what he's done. And what he's done is two hundred. But my thing is, but my thing is, my but my thing is, you have to look at okay, those were horrible. Like we we had horrible signings like Schweinsteiger and and Di Maria. You can go on and on and on, but you have to again, you have to start looking at what's happening right now. Is the simple fact that you have Bruno? I think he's a really good player. You have Juan Basaka. I think he's a good player. Harry's a good player. Igalo's a good player. James is a good player. They're making good moves. They're doing better than we have done. So I don't think it's fair. Again, and, and again, I don't think Oli's coaching him up. But you can't say that he's not a great cheerleader. You can't say that he's not picking the right teams. He is. Maybe his substitutions are trash. But he's picking the right players. He's got the locker room happy again. And I, I personally think that... This is, again, going to be another one of those signings where you go, look, man, you can be all the out all you want, but you can't argue the people that he's brought in. 
He's every every single player he has brought in, everyone that I named. You tell me one that has you've gone. What the hell did we do? You see, you know, I've it's been, not there. I'm, I'm, I'm on the only bandwagon. You see, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm just trying to justify the contract that well, we're gonna pay out Jane Jane Sancho. That's all. I just, I just, I just wanted to make sense. I mean, I love the player. I love it's the never, player. It's, I love the it's player. It's never going to make sense to me and you. We're never going to be able to comprehend <laughs> because we have not been in that space of someone saying, EC, here's 300000 a week. We're never going to be able to comprehend that. That's why I try to tell people, when you talk about sports, it's monopoly money. It's not something that you and I will comp- – we may in, in, a, in some time in our life, we're not dead yet. So maybe maybe one of these days we become millionaires. We don't know that yet. But what I'm saying is right now, up until this point, we don't have that same lifestyle. We don't have that same thought process because we're not in their shoes. But I guarantee you this. If anyone was to come to you and say, here's a contract. I'm going to give you X number a week. You're not going to tell them, no, no. That's too much money. I'm sorry. Okay, uh, I'm uh, not uh, worth it. No, 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 Jane, I'm not talking. No, no, I'm not putting. I'm not putting any blame on Jane Sancho. I'm putting a blame on Manchester United brass to give him to put that contract in front of it. All right. That's business. No, 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 no. You're gonna do. It's not business. You're gonna do good it's business. business. And you're gonna do it's bad business. business. You're bad, going to very bad business. Easy. You're right. You're correct. It's very bad business because. I think it, it, it I think you have to just eat crow sometimes. Oh, eat crow? What do you mean eat crow? We mean eat crow on the last contract for Alexis Sanchez. I think you have and to. As if, I think they did this. I, they did this on the stand the other day. They were talking about like. So they were talking about this on the United Stand. They were talking about Rick the Red was talking about players who have come into the club and it's been good business. It's been bad business. You know what has the player contributed? What has he done? What is what have they not done? Um, and so again, you're not every single player you sign is not going to be amazing, and the wages that they get, they may not always be justified. That's just the way that it goes. Sometimes players come in like Bruno, and you're like, he's only getting what? Like he's making what per week? That doesn't make any sense. That's why I try to tell folks all the time. Don't get caught up in the numbers. Just get caught up on what you love. You love the game. Don't worry. Like United ain't. United are gonna be fine. I guarantee you, the Glazers summer is gonna. Like we would all love to switch places with the Glazers and Woodward this summer because they made so much money for themselves. It's insane. Even still, even though they have spent eighty on Harry and fifty on Bruno, and even though all that stuff has happened. They're still going to be fine. Don't worry about those guys. If they leave, that would be great. But guess what? Somebody new is coming in. What are they going to be like? They're going to be good. They're going to be awesome. They're going to recruit well. We don't know. Again, I'll start worrying when we aren't <laughs> in the conversation of the Sanchos, the Hollands, the, the, the big guys. That's when you want to start going, oh, crap, we something ain't right. But not right now. We're one of the only clubs in the world that is actually not cash-strapped, that didn't have to furlough when Liverpool was furloughing and City was asking. We didn't even, it wasn't even the thought process for anybody to furlough. Look at Barcelona. Messi's the best player in the world. <laughs> Ronaldo's right there with him. And they had a 70% 
decrease in wages. That's Barcelona. Best club, best organized youth system in the world, and they don't have any cash. That's where you don't want to be. We're not even anywhere near that. So I'm not concerned about the money because that's what it is. It's their cash. They get to spend it how they want to spend it, do what they want to do with it. I'm going to agree and disagree with certain things. And yes, if Sancho has a bad game, I'm going to come on to the, to the United stand and I'm going to say, he played like crap. If he has a great game, I'm going to say he played great. But money, uh, that's, that doesn't even mean anything. Like, it has nothing to do with <laughs> – that's, that's, I feel like, where people will get lost. It has nothing to do with I wish I wish I had your attitude about money. But, uh, all right. If, if, guys, if you haven't had a, a, heard our pod about greed is good, uh, we can go – You <laughs> go back to that, that pod. And I think I break down all the um, – how much United has lost and spent and the return on investment um, – with signings, especially during the Sir Alex days, and uh, you'd be very surprised. And um, uh, Mr. Jeff Bezos, uh, I mean EC EC Fultz right here, uh, over here that has endless pockets and coffers that can pay everybody what they want to get paid. The utopian utopian club of what Humanity United is. Um, it is what it is. But we have to move on because I didn't expect that is like Jane Sancho. Getting paid too much was going to hijack pretty much the, the majority of the back end of the show. I just wanted to get real quick because we don't have much time. Um, uh, what do you think of the the hoodwinking or uh, pull the rug out from under you of what the, the whole sound uh, sound um He's going to be announcing a club in three days. Was it last Sunday or Saturday? Or he was going to he did it. Then you know he came out and said something that he's going to be supporting some some minor league team or some, some youth team or something like that. I think you got United, the United fans, we got their panties in a wad, you know, they're just, you know, oozing, you know, sound of gas. And then also that kind of, um, that kind of triggered the, if his guy comes, where's Paul Pogba going to go? Um, uh, what'd you think about the, the, um, you know, basically played United. I don't know if he played United, but he played a lot of clubs that he, you know, thought he was going to choose to go to. Well, I mean, are you just speaking as far as is if if he came would would Pogba fit? No, no. I was saying, what do you think about his his announcement? That, you know, that put United fans in a frenzy. I he... I might have missed the comments. What 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 did he say? No, he put it on Twitter, uh, saying that uh, he's gonna be he'll be announcing his new club in three days. So it put all the the Twitter sphere, whatever whatever you want to call it, um, went ablaze, uh, and thinking that this guy's oh man, he's gonna announce his new club. It's gonna be United. I think it you know just put a lot of people on, on edge um, for that. And obviously, United. I know the the, the channels we watch on YouTube um had had their you know their say so and of whatnot then this this player and how he's gonna fit and and then the the Paul Pogba rumors exiting rumors happened again uh started heating up rolling up again so it's just and then he announced you know I think on last Thursday Tuesday or Wednesday uh he announced that he was gonna support some 
lower league level team or some youth team or some some something like that. Um, so it's just it was just a, how would they say across the pond a cheeky kind of a, a cheeky kind of tweet that you know basically got you know um, United Penny you know United Pennies and United Pennies wet and you know and he just pulled the rug from out from under us. Well, I mean, I think ultimately, like I told you before, I'm, I'm all about competition. Um, I think anytime someone brings up Pogba's name, I think it's a it's a click thing. So I, I tend to wait uh, until I see him either leave or not play or whatever it is. Yeah. I just think it's it's easy for people to to get riled up when whenever that stuff's brought up because um, that's that's just about every other day. I mean, I can go three days and then, you know, I'll see Pogba's leaving and then there's nothing. You'll see pictures of him on their internet practicing and then you'll see Pogba's in like, yeah. So I just, you know, for me, I get it. You know, I think a lot of those type of stories are going to die down in the next nine days. Cause we're going to actually have sports. You're going to have football back. And so all of the talks are going to stop, but Trust me, I think aren't they going to enhance the transfer window or something like that? I have no idea. I'm just very disappointed on our our actions. If Chelsea's making moves like they're making moves with Timo Werner, um, you know, it's just I think we're gonna, well. I mean, we're going to wait. It's going to be a typical. It's going to be a typical United, typical United the transfer window. Wait till the last day, pick some obscure guy that we don't fucking want, and you know, but, it's just but, it just sucks. Look at look at Timo Werner though. Timo Werner, a lot of soccer player, a lot of football players don't have um, release clauses in their contracts, and he had a release clause, and the release clause really is up. It's up to that agent to set that release clause to what's comfortable for the player, and with him being so young, and proven at a smaller German club. That's why it was only $59 million. Because if you look at Amsu Fetty's uh, contract, and he's younger, but he's at a bigger club, his release clause is $100 million. So Chelsea got lucky that there was a release clause because you don't have to put a release clause in your contract. No, I know. So, that's, so they got very lucky in that deal for me because, to me, Warner is worth $100 million. Now, is he worth it? Worth it? Like, yeah, oh, we know he's going to come to we're not getting down that rabbit hole again. We're not getting. Uh, no, I'm, sorry. Just, I'm just saying they got lucky. I'm just saying they got very lucky. We're not going down that rabbit hole again because we just spent the better part of our podcast on monies. But yes, you're right. Yes, uh, team of Werner, but uh, it doesn't look like. It's, I don't know. I I hate talking about transfer United because it, you know it's just up and down, up and down. Rumors, 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 and then deadly. Uh, dead, deadline day, and then they overpay for somebody that you know we don't need. Uh, but it, it might be a, a, a you know Oli and Agado, Oli and Agado kind of thing, and we get a steal. Who knows? Um, well, you see, I mean, shit, we broke a record today. This is our longest pod, uh, two hours and two hours and thir- two and a half hours. Um, I know we had a lot to talk about, uh, especially with, you know being off for the the past two weeks, and. Um, Honestly, uh, I I do appreciate and respect the you know everything we spoke about today, and especially your um, 
you know, candid, you know, how is it candidness or can, candor, candidness? I don't know. My mom would, my mom would, um, be mad at me if I'm not saying it properly. Um, candor is the word. Um, and, um, being very forthright and uh, upfront, you know, and, uh, I think this is especially the first part of the pod. It's something that hopefully, you know, our listeners can, you know, take, take something out of and apply it to their own lives, no matter what it is. Um, because, you know, there do, there, ha- there has to be a change, has to be changed some, somehow, some way, um, you know, in, in any, in any part, part of somebody's life. Um, and obviously, like you said, um, you know, our condolences go out to, to the families of Mr. George Floyd. Uh, I think he was late to rest today in Houston. Um, but, you know, the cause, all causes, you know, not all causes, I'm sorry, for minorities, you know, whether um, black, you know, black, I mean, obviously the Black Lives Matter movement, um, my movement recently, especially for COVID, has been for American Farm Workers Association, uh, something that uh, uh, Cesar Chavez started in seven, you know, 60s, 70s uh, with migrant workers, especially because they're not getting the help they um they're not getting the respect and help they they deserve. Uh, they're they're the backbone of um, of our food industry. You know our food. You know, but where we get our food. So that's been my cause since this whole COVID thing started, and hell, you know, bringing awareness to them. But uh, not to not to take any not to take any you know shine uh, uh, light not shine light off of a, the Black Lives Matter movement. And I think it's it's a beautiful. Um, and unfortunately, it took the death of a a man um, to bring light again to the forefront again. Unfortunately, again and again and again and again, um, it had you know it had a you know have to have you know some some sort of death to bring light to an issue that you know needs to be needs to be resolved and needs to be solved, um, whether it be like you said, EC, within conversation. Or whether it be protests or, you know, whatnot, who knows? Who knows what the answer is? Uh, but hopefully, you know, smarter people than myself um, can can come to a determination of, of, of where we come, where, where we are going to go in this society. And uh, fortunately, it is the youth, you know, like your like your daughters, you know, um, you know, you know, your son's a little young, but hopefully your son can grow up in a in a in a in a world um, you know, that he doesn't have to have those conversations. Like I'm pretty sure you've had with your kids or you had with your father, or your wife has had with her father, her parents or in their, you know, had with your kids about, you know, being a minority in this country. Hopefully your son doesn't have to, you know, have that conversation. Uh, when, and hopefully people like your daughters, uh, especially your, your 16 year old are people, the ones that change the world. No, I, I couldn't have said it any better than that. And I appreciate you being honest and candid and, and just speaking from the heart. Um, that's, that's to me what the podcast is about. And so, um, you know, that's why I love it. Cause like I said, we don't just talk about football. We love football. Don't get me wrong. We want to, we want to talk about it. It's been gone for a while, but, um, I, I love that, you know, right away you hit me and said, Hey, we got to talk about it. You know, what, what, how are we going to do it? And so, you know, we started that conversation and it just kind of went from there. So um, I'm, I'm excited for 
where it's going to go because I think this is a tipping point um, for America and I think the world because I think that's what we're starting to see. So hopefully it gets there. Well, Dover Enemy fans, uh, that's all for us today. Uh, we'll come back next week. Hey, maybe we have a preview of Tottenham. Uh, who knows? Hey, a lot of things might happen from them, but I promise you. I know I said I promised last time. I know I, we both said we promised. We promised <laughs> we're going to put more stuff out there. But, we, I mean, now we have stuff to talk about. Now there's going to be actual games. Uh, we have the transfer, the transfer window opening up. So um, I promise, I promise, I promise, I promise. EC also says he promises. I'm pretty sure EC, right? You promise? Yeah. I promise, I promise. <laughs> we promise we'll put some more content out for y'all. Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks. Hey, you know, we got through this COVID period. Uh, now we're getting through some football. But, hey, keep your guys, you know, keep yourself safe. This thing's not over. Um, you know, remember to wash your hands, wear your face masks. Uh, special thanks to, <clears throat> you know, our special guests, not our guests, contributors to the show, Ro from the Ronos Podcast. Hutch I Sun from the South Texas Trainwrecks and the Pink Floyd podcast. It happens on and, and on Fridays. Um, I'm sorry, Mondays. Um, um, Victoria Montsevice from the Allison One of Food Truck. If you're in South Padre Island, guys, she's back in South Padre Island, so go check her out. Uh, tell her uh, the Go Red Me podcast sent me. She knows what you're talking about. And Lucky Diaz, where you at? Come on, come on. I see no changes. Wake up in the morning and I ask myself, is life worth living? Should I blast myself? I'm tired of being born, even worse, I'm black. My stomach hurts, so I'm looking for a purse to snatch. Cops give a damn about a Negro. Pull a trigger, kill a nigga, he's a hero. Get it back to the kids who the hell cares. One less hungry mouth on the welfare. First ship him, don't let him deal with brothers. Give him guns, step back, watch them kill each other. It's time to fight back, that's what Huey said. Two shots in the dark, now Huey's dead.